Hello, bonsoir, and welcome back to the Get French Football News Show. I'm Nathan Staples, and we are back after a summer of European football, and we begin with a bumper league uh, preview to get you ready for the start of a new season. Joining me this evening will be a smorgasbord of French football writers, but my wingmen for the entire show, as always, are Eric Devin and Philip Bargil. So we will jump straight into things with the champions Paris Saint-Germain, and we have our very own Lee Davy joining us for this one. Lee, there's been a number of changes at the club from managerial appointments to new players, including Hesse, who signed earlier today. Can they keep on winging, winning this season? Well, um, I don't see no reason why not. I think the financial power that they have would state that um, they've got such an advantage over the, uh, the rest of the chasing pack. Um, I think they will continue to win, but I don't see PSG doing another quadruple this season. Uh, I think there's various reasons for that, which I'll touch on. Um, but really pleased to see, actually, uh, this season, some of the changes that have happened at PSG. Um, firstly, starting with the manager, much, much needed change. Uh, I think Laurent Blanc took the, the, the club as far as he could um, under his leadership, and um, it needed a fresh approach, some new ideas, um, and certainly in, in, in the acquisition of Emery, somebody with some European pedigree. Philip, there's been a few different changes, and we saw a couple of them in that game of the Trophy de Champions. Uh, on the weekend as well against Lyon where they strode to a 4-1 victory. How important are these extra additions they've made, such as Hatem Benafra obviously on a free and, and Grigor Koviak as well? Hugely so important. Um, oh, sorry, sorry Karen, yeah. <laughs> so, sorry. Um, yeah, hu hugely important, um, certainly uh, looking at it. Um, I think what's interesting is the type of acquisitions that uh, Paris Saint-Germain have made this summer and uh, seemingly pulling away from the 50 million euro superstar signings um, and what we found now is uh, signings that you know we got with free transfers we've had Mounier coming in for under 10 million uh, euros and um, a, a, a very much a different approach and I think what will happen here is we're finding that the, the Emery's starting to I guess focus on the collective as opposed to the superstars and the individual talent within the team, and I think uh, that's a, a very sensible approach, um, considering that with the Holy Grail being in the Champions League, and the previous approach not really having had, had the desired effect, I think that going forward now, it's a very sensible approach. Philip, I did want to mention the signing they've made today, which is uh, Hesse. Um, how do you think he'll fit into the squad? Um... I was actually want, wanting to, to to talk about the other signings because I have uh, no idea what where Hesse plays. I know I know he's a I know he's a winger. Um, he's been uh, he's been quite impressive uh, for Real Madrid, and I do believe that um, this uh, the manager has uh, has had a real bearing on on uh, Jesse Rodriguez joining the club. Um, so it's um, it's a very much needed um, winger for. For the club, with uh, Lavezzi leaving, uh, Lu Lucas Moura hasn't had the best season last last season. He's been, uh, I mean, he he has been okay. And I do think uh, PSG were in need of uh, of a winger and of a of a really um, 
stay stay on the line type. I mean, I'm not not sure uh, if uh, he's exactly that, but it does it does look like it every time I've seen highlights or Real Madrid games. Uh, maybe Eric, you've seen a bit more than me. If he he's the right type of winger, like stay on the line. Yeah, uh, he likes to cut inside a little bit more. He's got a knack for goal scoring. I was really disappointed when he, he was injured so, so badly uh, a couple of years ago. He had looked really bright um, well, the handful of times I'd seen him at Real Madrid, and I thought that he was a great option given he could play really all across the line uh, in that 4-3-3 that Real Madrid have used. I, I, I think he's a fine player. Uh, again, with the injury history, I think it remains to be seen whether he's in, say, an upgrade on Lucas. Uh, my concern with adding Hesse is... Uh, where that puts the likes of Akone and uh, Jean-Kevin Augustin. Um, given the, the under-19 tournament and the preseason the two of them had, respectively, I think that there's an op- ample opportunity for younger players to get a chance in, and, to, and, to fit into that, and to fit into that role in that, in that versatile type of role that they're expecting Hesse to play. And I think that's a little bit disappointing from the perspective of those young players. Mm. Unfortunately, I think uh, PSG have become that type of that type of club that doesn't give uh, youngsters uh, much uh, uh, much less of a chance than they than they used to. I'm very excited though about uh, Kim Pembe, who did who did play in the uh, in the Trophée des Champions against Lyon uh, on uh, on Saturday. He was uh, extremely extremely assured, and uh, I, I didn't think actually Lyon played that badly offensively. It was really the defense that was uh, being quite poor, and I thought Kim Pembe was a was a, was was pretty was pretty good at um, uh, at everything he. He he did on 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 that um, on that night. So just yeah, that was just a little uh, bucket uh, for the use use part. Um, what do we um, what do we think? Uh, who who the left back should be? Uh, Maxwell or Kozawa? I've always been of the opinion. Now we sold Luca Dean to uh, Barcelona. Um, now we've got a clear clear cut uh, two clear cut left backs: Maxwell and Kozawa. Now I'm of the opinion that uh, Maxwell is getting on a bit. He's getting old. He is extremely good. He he is very very good. But that Kozawa needs to play. He is a he is a young player, extremely talented player as well. Um, so who's uh, what opinion on that? Lee, what do you sure. think on that? Uh, certainly, from my point of view, I think I think Kozawa should really be uh, given his chance now to really kind of flourish in this team. He's um, it's time for him to be given the opportunity. Maxwell's been an absolutely fantastic servant to mm. Paris Saint-Germain. There was a lot of talk last season that this would be, sorry, that last season would be his final season in Paris. I was actually quite surprised to see him sign another one-year deal. Um, but the club have obviously uh, want him around the changing rooms, obviously got you know one of the most senior players. Um, and But this season, I mean, I must have no problem with Maxwell doing another season in Paris. I really think that uh, Emery... Um, should go with Kazawa, and uh, I thought he had a fantastic game on Saturday. Uh, I thought he played really well. Chips in with the odd goal here or there as well. Always looks dangerous offensively, but uh, quite sound defensively as well. Um, I'd like to see him given his chance this season um, in, uh, as, as a first choice left back. Lee, just to just to finish off on our chat with PSG, obviously you've men- we've already mentioned him a couple of times, the new manager Unai Emery, and he has experience in winning European competitions, winning Europa League twice with Sevilla. Is he the man to win the Champions League at the Pot de Prince? Um, only time will tell, um, but I do think that he, the one thing that he will uh, offer PSG that Blanc didn't is, um, uh, is the ability tactically to change things up, to uh, deal with 
potential issues that may come their way in the Champions League. Uh, and that's where, where I always found Blanc uh, lacking in that area, in those big games, those big Champions League games. Um, and that ultimately cost him his job in the end. But um, yes, I think, that, I think that progression is needed this season. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I think if you said to I think if you said to PSG um, the guys at PSG this season, would you would you give up one of the domestic cups to to go a step further in the Champions League? They'd do it. They'd want that. That that's the that's the be all end all now. Um, he has to he has to take PSG to at least the semi finals uh, this year. And um, obviously that's hugely dependent on the draw, but there's no reason why they can't do that this year. Um, I've got a lot of faith in the team collectively now um, and as long as Cavani can find the net and the three that should probably be sitting behind him um, can, can assist with that I think PSG really can I think they can, they, they can move forward anybody can win the Champions League it, again it's, it's draw dependent and anybody can win a one-off game but it's, it's a tough ask with the way Barcelona are playing and Bayern Munich and, and Real Madrid are always going to be there. But fingers crossed, hopefully, hopefully this, this will be the year. No, Just, no. The chairman has has actually confirmed that uh, um, Jesse is uh, his last uh, um, transfer dealing of the window. So Piaget yeah. effectively be going with just one uh, proven centre forward for the whole season. Would Make you of be that what you will. That will be the interesting part of it. Thank you, Lee, for joining us this evening for to chat Paris Saint-Germain. And we, we switch gears a little bit now uh, to talk about a couple of Ligue 2 teams that have come up this season in Dijon and Nancy. And joining us for that is Max Wolves of um, Football Radar for France. Thank you for joining us, Max. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. So we, let's talk about Dijon first, who finished second in the league. They've had some interesting moves, keeping some of the gaining some league uh, experienced players. How were they last season, and do they have the, the what it takes to stay up? Um, Dijon were a very attractive side to watch last season, so um, I was quite pleased to see them go up in the end. And the key strength is their attacking flair out wide and up front. Um, Samaritano is a key player. He's inventive, creative. Always looking in rows on the left wing. Uh, Jeremy Bella is another player. Unfortunately, last season his uh, campaign was a bit injury hit. But he's a very direct player. Likes to get on the ball, run at defenders. Um, his injury though uh, led for Dioni to get into the side a bit more, and Dioni took his chance really well. And he can play either up front or out wide on the wing. And he's a very pacey player, very direct. Uh, great movement off the ball, good uh, makes good runs. Finishing not the best, but he's the sort of guy that creates lots and lots of chances and eventually puts one away. So they're pretty dangerous going forward. I mean, you add Sam Arata uh, sorry, Amalfitano to that list as well. Tavares up front, he's a bit hit or miss, but he can cause problems. So the real question will probably be whether they can uh, be solid enough in defence. Uh, and a big Part of the success last season was uh, Christopher Julien at uh, centre-back. And fortunately he was only on loan last season, so they weren't able to keep him. They brought in uh, Jordan Lottis uh, in the January transfer window last season. I think that was uh, with an eye on replacing him this season. Um, but I think they look a bit short in cover in that area. They wanted him over to pick up an injury. 
Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see Julian, who's now at Toulouse, obviously. Um, they've added some real ex- Liga experience in, like, Florent Barmont and Marvin Mantan, who's struggled in the last couple of seasons, especially with injuries. Do you th- think those kind of players will help improve their team, possibly, especially someone like Balmont defensively? Yeah, I think Balmont is is going to be a good addition to the side there. He brings a lot of experience. and he, Even at 36, we know he's got great energy and he... Uh, He's uh, good on the ball, so he, he should should do well for them. Uh, Gastien and uh, Murray are decent players themselves, so that area of the side that I wouldn't worry too much about. Um, Martin is a different one. Obviously, we, we know he's had so many injury problems, and it, it's also an area of the side where they've got a lot of options in that kind of number 10 role. Bella, Bella can play there, Samaritano can play there, and Alfatano can play there. It's, a, it's an odd one because they don't, doesn't really look like they need him in that area, so it kind of remains to be seen if he forces his way into the side or not. Yeah, and it's a worry if, if their defence is more than the problem than the strikers in the higher divisions. Let's move on to Norsi, who obviously won the league last season. They've lost a couple of players, but kept a few as well. Lusamba's obviously less, but the, and they, but they've gained an eight Benessa, even though he's gone permanently to Monaco. He's come back on loan. Have they got enough? Are they kept enough of their players to, to make a real fist of Liga? Um, they they have kept the key ones. That's that's what I will say. Um, if if they were going to pick one of Ayat Benassar or Lissandra to stay, it would have been Ayat Benassar. He was much more prevalent in their campaign last season than ever present. And with him, Pedretti and uh, Guidelay in midfield, they've got a real good balance. I mean, Pedretti sits deeper, conducts the play. Uh, Guidelay likes to break things up, and then Benassar kind of does a bit of everything. He's strong. He's classy on the ball. So. They were really able to dominate games last season by controlling that midfield area. Obviously, in uh, Ligue 1, they're going to come up against a lot of better equipped teams to deal with them, but you feel that they've got good quality in that central midfield area. Um, added to that, at the back, they had uh, two central defenders that were both comfortable on the ball in Cretien uh, and Longley. So they've got good passes in their team, and they'll look to try and maintain possession, keep hold of the ball. And I, th- I think they, they've got a good chance. I mean, as you said, they've kept the majority of their key players. They've added a few interesting signings like Anthony Cura and Mandan, who both had a... Mandan had a great season last time. He was with Ingram. Uh, Cura, excellent last season. But with both those two, it's only really that one season they've had, and it's whether they can replicate that uh, another again this season. Is there any... Both, both sides... Sorry. It's okay, carry on, uh, both sides seem to have uh, something about them going forward. I mean, you have, first of all, with, uh, with Dijon, you have a guy like Marvin Martin, who, if he is fit, uh, can can be um, a very good uh, dribbler of, of the ball and create openings. And uh, I, 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 I simply cannot believe that Yusuf Haji is still at, at Norsi at the age of 36. It seems to have, it's been... Seems to me like it was 15 years since he since he was at uh, since he was at Nancy. So, you know, it, they they did get promoted from League Two, which is an extremely defensive league, and and uh, they do seem to have some kind of um, flair players going forward. So it doesn't really sound like these two are will be like the whipping boys, which sometimes happens with one of the promoted sides like Twilight season. No, I, I hope not. I, mean, I think with Hadji, he actually plays a pretty important role behind the scenes at Nancy as well. He's kind of a- almost like a player coach. He's got that age now where he, he's 
you know, helping the manager kind of talk to the younger players. He played a, a big part in trying to persuade Ike Vanessa to play for Morocco. Um, so, yeah, it, it, he's kind of there for his experience more than anything. And perhaps as they've signed a, a couple of forwards this summer, he might play a little bit less of a role in the first team. But it's obviously useful to have the experience around nonetheless. Just as a final question on Nancy, Max, is there any worries about the team going into a higher division? Do you have any fears? Um, well, watching uh, Twa last season, they were excellent uh, when they won the Dirt and then went up to League 1 tried to play the same way and it completely didn't work. Obviously, slightly different situation. They sold a couple of key players in key areas. And, and the worry with teams like Dijon and Nancy is whether they're kind of a, a, a bit too uh, inflexible in their tactics, whether they just um, try and stick with one style, and if it doesn't work, they just you know hammer away at it, kind of like Twa did. But they have to be a bit more, bit bit more clever about what they're going to do. You know, they can't play the same way against every team. You know, it's not going to dominate the ball when they're when they're away at the Parc de France, are they? So they've got to have a plan B as such. I think that's the main thing. And it'll be an interesting one to see if any of them can sort of replicate the things that Angers did last season. Thank you for joining us, Max, for this evening. Uh, if you want to follow him at FRFootballMax on Twitter, he's a very good read if you're wanting to keep up on anything league. Uh, thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Thank right. You. And we keep this train rolling and we go to Ren. And there's only really one man that we could get in to talk about Ren, and that's Rich Allen, the football writer. How are you, Rich? Uh, I'm good, thank you for having me on. And no problem at all. We'll, we'll start. There's been a fair few changes at the club. Obviously, there's a new manager and obviously there's a couple of players in and out. Uh, how have you summarised their summer? Uh, well, it, it wouldn't be Ren without uh, a host of changes, it seems, uh, season after season. Um, I, I still think there may be a little bit of work to be done as regards uh, summer movements go. Um, there's a couple of I would say unnecessary players that have come in that, that weren't perhaps needed uh, and other areas that needed to be focused on uh, instead but uh, the powers that be have decided um, that the likes of Clement Chanton have been brought in I'm not overly sure exactly why he's been brought in centre midfield was not an area that we were overly you know was not an area that I would have identified as a as a major cause for concern um, Paul Nardi brought in on loan great goalkeeper. Um, I, I think he very much was was bought in on the understanding that Costil was going to be leaving. Um, for whatever reason, that's not happened. And, and uh, Christian Gourcuff has announced today that, that Costil will be his number one. So don't quite know where that leaves Paul Nardi. Um, and then really with Ren, it's, it's, it's a case of the host, a whole host of players coming back from, from various loan spells around Europe and, and how they might fit into the side. So um, I can't say I'm overly looking forward to the start of the season because I still think there's one or two areas that, that Gorku perhaps needs to focus on. Um, but perhaps unlike previous seasons, I retain that little bit of hope that, that Gorku seems to know what he's doing. Which is the grand hope for every single club, I think, at the moment. <laughs> um, let's talk about the other big transfer news, obviously, for Ren this summer, and that's the loss of the fantastic Usman Dembele, who heads to Dortmund. How big of a miss will he be? Um, he'll be huge. Uh, there's, there's no doubt about it. You know, he was the talk of Europe 
um, during last season for just the, the, the unbelievable way that he announced himself uh, into senior football, the impact that he made. Um, sadly, it seemed inevitable then that he was always going to leave, especially you know, regarding the, the situation the previous summer of contract disputes and, and, and whatnot. So I think the club were, were braced already, I think, for his departure. Uh, and we understood that, that he was going to go, I think, no matter what this summer. I didn't, didn't see him staying beyond uh, beyond sort of July, August time. So he will be a loss. I think a lot then will will come on on how you know how how uh, and Tech can return to to form. Fingers crossed. Anyway, he's had obviously a, a season to forget last season with injury after injury. So I'm really hoping that that he can re- rediscover his form. Sadly, he's he's suffering from a knock again. So we shall see, um, but I think there's going to be another. You know, there's, there's going to be sort of three or four key players. I think that will really need to step up to to limit the impact of, of Dembélé's departure. So yeah. Entep hasn't had a, a proper preparation for this season. He's not. No, 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 no. Uh, that's, he um, that's bad news. He had a he had a run out in a. I can't remember who we played a, a friendly, um, uh, and unfortunately then got a a knock. Um, not actually confirmed exactly how long he'll be out, but it's anticipated that he may he may miss the start of the season. Um, it's a shame he really did need that that good run in in pre-season to get get fitness levels back. Um, but all I can hope is that you know, he takes the time to really recover uh, the injuries that he suffered from, you know, shin sprints and things relating to to the lower leg area are, are always quite tricky things to to overcome. So I think he does need to ensure he takes time. That he's not rushed back, and I think if that can happen, then fingers crossed that the form can return. Because now, now that Dembele is gone, I mean, how how important is um, is Entep to uh, rend, rend, sorry, um, offensive uh, creativity? He must be one of the. There is Guziski, I. Uh, but yeah, exactly, and I think a lot a lot will be expected of him, and I think he will play a more um, influential role in the side. He was. In and out of the team um, last season, I think he's then gone and had a you know, very very good European Championships in a Poland side that actually performed really quite well. Um, made a name for himself. I think a few teams have, have expressed an interest in him, but I, I do think we will we will keep hold of him. Uh, I do think that he will form an integral part of the starting eleven. But yeah, it, to go back to your question on Antet, um, he'll be vital. You know, the the pace that he brings. The skill that he brings, the sheer cockiness that he brings, um, not to mention the fact that he scores goals, creates goals. Um, you know, he, it's it's absolutely imperative for a successful Ren season that uh, that Antep is is you know on the 100% really. Yeah, and it's been a shame that he's never been able to really get to 100% for the last year. Or, it seems like almost two seasons now since mm. you've seen the real real use of Paul George and Ted. But, Eric, I just wanted to talk about, obviously, there's a new manager at the helm that was heavily fancied by a few French clubs in the summer. Can Gorkov really bring that stability that Ren maybe missed last season? Yeah, I think so. I think that, obviously, Philippe Montagnier was given, I mean, not a blank checkbook, but an awful lot of money for by league on standards to try and improve Ren's squad and push them into Europe, and we saw you know towards the end of the season they were they were knocking on the door of Europe, um, but it, it it didn't really come off. And I think that I think that Gorkouf, given his experience in, in working with limited resources, um, if given you know a bit more in terms of resources that uh, that Brendan have shown that they're willing to spend, I think that 
there's a, a marketability to, for this club to improve and to be uh, where they were you know, with five or six matches left last season and, and push on and, and, and make European football. I think there's no reason, given the, the level of talent this club, um, Pedro Enrique is another player who I really like and I think Gorku can get, get more out of uh, in particular. Uh, I think there's no reason this club shouldn't, shouldn't be back in Europe next season. Um, you know, we've, seen, we've seen with Lille and their elimination just you know, really how limited that team is. And to think about the, the way that, that Ren lost those two matches, 3-0, at the very end of the last season, it really leaves a bitter taste in the mouth. And I think that uh, Gorkouf, given, his abil- given what he did with Lorient year after year, I think, I think there's really a, a lot of grounds for improvement, um, especially given players like an, like an NTEP, who I think should be, should be well-motivated to, um, to, be, to be in the squad uh, in two years' time for the World Cup. Just to, just to bookend this chat about uh, Ren with you, Rich. Uh, what are your expectations of the season? Do you think do you think European football is a possibility? Um, I, I see no. Uh, as Eric said, I see no reason why they shouldn't be aiming for that. Um, I expect them to be in and amongst the sort of top eight. Um, I think the side, if, if if everyone can retain fitness, everyone can return to form, play to the levels they should do. I think the first choice eleven that, that, that we can put out, um, you know, is is a match for any of those sides in that 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 sort of area of the table. So, I think if I'm if I'm hand on heart and hopefully not too optimistic or too biased, I'd like to think um, perhaps top six and maybe you know with with PSG and the way that they dominate the domestic cups, maybe that in turn would be enough. And hopefully, hopefully they'll at least be a bit more stable and a bit more uh, less crazy next season. Let's hope. But uh, thank you for joining us, Rich. It's been a pleasure. Um, you can follow no, no, him at Rich underscore Allen eight five. Thank you very much. And we, we again we keep moving swiftly on. And joining us now is our very good Mohamed Ali, French football writer, to talk about none other than Marseille. Welcome, Mo. Uh, welcome. Uh, thanks for having me. That's all right. It, it's been another year of major upheaval with free transfers going here, there, and everywhere. Low moves coming back in. How fun has your summer been? <laughs> Thankfully, I've been away uh, for the majority of the summer, so I haven't really been in a been up against you know looking at the news and the developments that have been happening hasn't really troubled me that much, but. Obviously, the closer we get to the league season, the the more palpitations I'm <laughs> suffering at the moment. But yeah. So let's talk about some of their moves in and out. Obviously, we knew the likes of Mandanda and and Kulu were were heading out of the door. But there's some interesting yeah. loan signings like like Gomis coming back and and Tovan obviously returning. How how do you judge their transfer policy this summer? Mm. Uh, well. I mean, there are one or two players, um, one or two signs that we've made that I think are very interesting. I think they can definitely do a job, and I think there's the potential of that. You know, we can, in in maybe Gomis or Tovan, we can unearth like a sort of a Lasana Diara sort of revival uh, this this upcoming season. Uh, but the majority, you know, we've 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 signed. We first of all, you know, we haven't actually replaced half the players that have left. In the coming season, I believe, for example, Mandanda and Bashwai were always penciled in for a departure, but we haven't got a number one goalkeeper. The club, I think, are just going to stick with Johan Pele. Um, and obviously, up front, Gomis is a, an interesting option. Obviously, he hasn't 
done too well in the Premier League last season. So, you know, having him, you know, having an experienced striker who's also scored more than 100 goals in the league and will actually work, uh, obviously, up front. But, you know, we're back to a situation where we were 12 months ago where what happens if he does get injured? Or what happens, you know, if, you know, we can't really just rely on one, <laughs> one forward for the next six months. Um, obviously, we have Batshuayi's brother, uh, Iseka. Um, but again, you know, at 18, how much, how much of first team responsibility is he going to shoulder? And there's just, you know, kind of a lot of gaps across across the field. We've got, you know, with 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 Doria coming back into the fold and Huber, Thomas Huberkan also in in contention. Now you've got that kind of a lot of central defenders, but gaps on the wings. You've got Lasana Diara, will he won his saga as well? Um, and Diaby, obviously, no one really knows kind of the role that he's playing. So it's just you know question marks all over the field. Yeah, it never seems to end sometimes for for Marseille. Yeah. Let, let's talk about their managerial situation as well, because mm. obviously there was hopes that they would be bringing in a, a bigger name, but they haven't materialised. We're still waiting on the deal for, to sell the club as well. It's mm. becoming a little bit of a merry-go-round. Isn't yeah, it? I think I think possibly in that regard, things are a little bit more clearer even if it is quite a pessimistic scenario to be in. Um, obviously, we did think that there would be a manager coming in in June at the you know, culmination of the, uh, the, the season that's just gone by. But, you know, given Patsy the role until the club is sold, I think that's just the sort of direction things are going in. And I think it's just like, it just epitomises kind of the, the, the stale nature of where the football club is at the moment. I think that until the club is sold, which could take anywhere from months to a year or two, I, I just think in that period that we're in at the moment, things are just going to be stale and static. Um, if there are departures, you know, the big, depending on the club's performance, the, the ones on the highest salary will leave. They are replaced by cheap options and then the cycle will just continue and continue until there is a uh, a culmination in the buying process. Philip, is there a general, genuine worry for Marseille fans this season that, that they, they could be in for a fight? Uh, uh, I don't think so. I think uh, the expectations are not very high this season and that they uh, got the... Um, when you look at their squad overall, it's basically players out of the, um, out of the uh, uh, academy. And... Uh, Doing some quite astute business, I think having uh, players like uh, Bedimo, Gomis, or Sakai at the club, uh, it's a good quality of uh, of um, of play. Uh, Tovar, Tovar is back, is back also. So it's uh, really, really is a season where you really have to explain to every single Marseille fan, you know, just don't get your hopes up and mm. just be happy with what we're going to 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 do because we don't have any money. We're up for sale. No one has bought us yet, and until then, we can't really do much about it. That that is an interesting point you raise, and I think for for a neutral supporter, I think it's pretty easy looking on paper. You know, you've got a, what upwards of a sixty percent reduction in budget. You've got you know the lack of income coming in. If you just look at it in comparison, but then this is a club that before this kind of period has finished second or third. For like what five of the past six, you know, seven seasons, but you know, not discounting the last campaign, um, and before the Bielsa era as well, and now you know, just okay, you're gonna have to make do because I think this current squad on paper reaching the top ten 
will be a significant feat for, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, we were in a pretty bad position 12 months ago, but then no matter who the club sold, no matter the turmoil they were in, you had a very, you know, uh, high potential striker. You still had an iconic goalkeeper. You still had a, a, a defender in Ankula, for example, who on his day um, was actually really, really one of the, you know, one of the league's best. Um, and the son of Diara as well, who obviously, when once his revival kicked in, was a very, very important player. But now you've got none of those people, um, and you're you're in a you know you're in a very, very dire situation. Also, the club, you know, you've got a half-empty stadium. There's just been like reports coming out that season tickets are have barely passed ten thousand for a club that normally achieves thirty-five, forty thousand season tickets. So I think this just the environment we're going to be in when the league kicks off at the weekend is just going to be a very, very different Marseille, really. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Let's talk about some of the maybe a couple of positives and some interesting moves, Eric. They've they've gained players like Hiroki Sakai. I'm looking at Bedi Moen and Mashash from from Toulouse is an interesting one. They've got possibly some hope there of of building a, a decent side. Yeah, I think so. Personally, for me, what I would like to see Marseille do is is be a little bit more defensive. I think that in watching a couple of their friendlies, uh, the defense was just really, really looking not, uh, poor. Balls over the top were undoing them, and it, it just, it just didn't seem to cohere defensively. And I, we know that in league in league on, it's it's a very often a very defensive orient, defensively oriented league, and that was the trouble for me. I think that Sakai, from what I've seen of him, I'm really not impressed. I think that. He, I, I wish that they kept the JJ for me. Honestly, I think that uh, for the money they got for him, uh, it just doesn't—it doesn't really seem worth it to have brought Sakai. I know he's a you know, international player for Japan, but uh, mm. I mean, let's face it—he's coming from a team that was one of, if not the worst, in Germany last year, and I—I I, I don't think that he has the class to carry Marseille forward. Uh, further forward, I think that you know the team has. A lot of a lot of good options. I really like Bunasar. I felt like he wasn't given much of a chance. I know he's not not as exciting going forward as someone like maybe Roman Alessandrini or Florian Tovan, but I think he's a really hard worker. Um, George Kevin and Kudu still with the club, but it, it seems like he's going to get be going to Spurs. Um, I think Mo. I don't know if you've heard anything. Yeah, no, I think Isn't I that think confirmed? that not, not at the moment. Not. No, it's, no, it's it's a limbo still because of a number of issues, um, but that. Probably would go would go through in the next week or two, um, and I think Marseille obviously preparing a future without him, given the the the, the, the fee involved. So I think they you don't you don't expect him to play on Sunday. Uh, I don't expect him to play. No, okay. and he hasn't played in um, the friend and I thought, and some reports have actually said that he's in the UK still. So therefore, you know, he's nowhere near the first squad at the moment. Yeah, he might be just waiting yeah. for that for that move to Spurs, really. But we'll we'll finish off this talk really with your prediction, really, mm. Mo. Of, of what are your expectations for the season? Are you just hoping for maybe a little bit of st- stability for a change? Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, there's still what twenty, twenty three, twenty four days left of the transfer window, and obviously anything can happen. Um, what I'm a bit pot, you know, optimistic about is kind of the, the new management that's in charge. Obviously, has been. A hierarchical change at the club. Um, maybe it can make for a couple more smarter moves. And I think the club have, in the media at least, have actually come out to acknowledge that they have got no money and the money that they do have they need to be smart about it. But yeah. that said, you know, at the moment the transfers that have come through not really, you know, 
inspired choices. I think, as Eric said, Sakai is... I, I, I frankly don't understand why uh, that signing has been made, uh, especially that you've had Jajaja and also Mankio the option to bring him back on loan as well. Um, but, like I said, top 10 would be very, for me, at this point, at this stage, considering that we're six days away from the, the start of the championship, uh, this, I don't think that this squad... Um, can break the top 10. There's plenty of better teams in Ligue 1. Like nice have had an interesting um, window. Bordeaux even, who are normally really, really bad <laughs> in, in the summer with the signings they've made. They've, they've, they've done some good business as well. Um, and obviously you have your, you know, the usual challenges and the usual teams that are up there. The Marseille, the defence looks very shoddy. The goalkeeping situation has not been resolved. Gomis up front, yes, that's an option, but then, you know, the chances that will come in. And obviously there's still the the question mark of how many more departures. You know, Rolando could still go, Alessandrini could still go. You know, just because we've made seven signings does not mean that other people can go. So it's, the club is very much still a work in progress. And at this stage, top ten will seem a very good option for me to take. If we do make that, it will be a, a successful season. Yeah, it, the thing it, I'm worried about is that most fans won't be as reasonable as you. They'll yeah. just expect Marseille to win because it is Marseille, because it yes. is for him. And the crowd, uh, no matter how few fans go to the ground, will automatically boo uh, poor performances at home. Mm. And everything will result in Marseille again being that kind of side who are better on their travels because they uh, will probably will probably have more fans uh, uh, away from home than at home. And, you know, with all this expectation, I, I just don't mm -hmm. think a lot of people uh, understand that what Marseille, the best, the best Marseille can achieve with, with the current squad is mm -hmm. uh, maybe top 10 or 12. Mm. I mean, you never know. I mean, you could still, yeah, sure. it could still be, you know, the fact that, you know, now this is a side that knows their place and you, you could come in for, like, some really interesting performances and, you know, but it has to be. I, I think for, for the team, if the team knows that its quality isn't as high, there has to be really good management. And obviously, there's not management in place to get the best out of the players. So it's kind of, you know, mediocrity, just, you know, trundling along for the next 10 months for when the sale is completed. A revolving nightmare, it almost seems. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for joining us again. No Mal. problem. Thanks again for having me. That's all right. You can follow him at Muhammad Ali underscore ninety three. We'll change gears again here and talk about another team that have had an interesting summer, really, in, in Bastia. And Philip, they've lost a couple of players, like of Florida Ite has gone to Fulham, but they've brought in some interesting sort of replacements in TAV, uh, it's Enzo Civelli and. Uh, um, and Lenny Nongis as well as coming on loan from, from Lille. Can they gel together to make an interesting side this season or are they a little bit of a worry for you? Um, I think I think it'll be a bit um, more more of a relaxed season for Bastia. The uh, DNCG, so the financial watchdog of the league, has finally decided to stop watching over their uh, wage budget as uh, so Bastia did not spend a penny this summer. Uh, by uh, taking all these players on loan, uh, Bifuma was out of contract at Espanyol. Um, so was uh, Cabral at uh, at twenty, and uh, the others were loans. So Crivelli is on loan from Bordeaux, Nargis from Lille, Saint Maximin from uh, from Monaco, and they sold for four point five million, which is uh, 
a lot of money uh, in um, in in the uh, shall we say the smaller parts of uh, of Liga for a side that is accustomed to finishing uh, in the bottom in the bottom yeah in the bottom ten they haven't finished above tenth place in in the four seasons they've been there they actually did finish tenth this this season so I think if you take this into account you get uh, Probably an organisation that uh, will function a bit more, a bit more freely, uh, with the managers that hasn't changed, and with good players um, take, taken taken on. Uh, I think San, San Maximo won't gain from his experience at um, at Hanover. It's uh, it was a it was not a, a, an easy experience, but I think uh, for for such a young lad, it will be uh, it will be quite. Uh, Quite uh, rewarding mentally, I would say, and uh, Norgis and Bifuma are also good players. So I, I, yeah, I reckon they've got something, um, something about them, something going about them, and that uh, they've kept all their experienced defenders like Pepe Arnes, Skilacci, and um, uh, someone else. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm forgetting. Sioni was um, was okay last season as well. So the, the structure of the squad has has remained, and they've. They've added uh, those three loans, uh, promising, promising um, players. So I, yeah, I think I think it'll be uh, I think it'll be okay. It'll be uh, pretty much the same as last season. Not nothing, nothing to nothing to write about. I, I would say from Bastia. Yeah, they they've like we've already mentioned. They've made some interesting signings, especially to try and bolster their replacement of of those kind of players. So. Th- it, they have a, obviously a very strong home advantage, but with a number of clubs improving around them, are they, are they solid enough at the back to to ensure that they can definitely stay up the season? Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's the structure hasn't hasn't uh, hasn't changed, and the defenders have gained one year in in, uh, in experience. So uh, I. We, we we all know uh, everybody that's coming on on the shows this evening know that it it is quite a defensive league, and that if you do uh, defend well, you've done that you've done uh, 50 to 75 percent of the of the job, and Basu can do that. Basu can do that. Um, but uh, they obviously don't have the uh, the resources, the finances, or I think even the ambition to go to to go a bit higher than uh, than, than mid table. It could be one of those sides, but I don't. I don't. I don't have them as uh, as favourites to go down. And it it will be interesting for them following on from what was ended in a, in a reasonably ending good season. But we'll we'll move on now to Nice, who had a spectacular season last season, really, and and really impressed on a number of fronts. Eric, they've had a new manager. They've lost a few players this summer. Uh, what are your thoughts on them heading into this season? I think that Nice are, are are pretty well equipped to to, to change things around. They've got an uh, exciting new manager in, in Lucien Favre. I, I think that uh, again, they're not going to be the same team as last year in terms of what they can do simply because of player personnel. We have uh, Nampelis Mandi had gone to Leicester City, but um, there's a ready-made replacement for him, in my opinion. In uh, I'm sorry, Remy Walter, who who arrived last last season in, in the winter window. I think he's a really impressive player, um, and you know there's the likes of Ricardo Pereira, a, a younger player who can come in and right back. Uh, Valentin Esserix back from Saint-Étienne on loan. Uh, William Cyprian's been brought in as well. So I think that we'll see probably a maybe not quite as attractive as attractive football from Nice, but again there's a lot of really uh, imp- impressive and, and promising young players. 
that I think uh, have, have a lot to have a lot to look forward to for this club. Um, Saïd Ben Rama is back from Angers. Uh, William Cyprian has been brought brought in from Lens. And this is an incredibly young team, um, but I think that what we saw from Alassane Playa in particular sh- shows that there's uh, a player who can be built around, in my opinion. I think he's really impressive. Uh, Nikal Lebihans, a player who did very well for Leav in the recent past. Uh, there's going to be a lot of reliance on young players, but I think that, you know, should should Favre be able to get this team playing uh, attractive attacking football uh, and, and let these and give these players, you know, a little bit of a longer leash, uh, then we could really see, you know, if not the niece of last season, um, certainly a team that's going to... That's, the neutral will want to watch, and attra- an attractive, young, young team. I mean, just again, looking through these this team, I mean, Paul Bice is, and Kevin Gomez are really the only players um, that are older than about 25 that are, that are going to be an important part of the team. So, you know, there's always been a, a mandate for youth in Liga, but I think Nice are really taking that to an extreme. But uh, they've shown uh, they've shown last season that, you know, with that midfield of Cosiello, Mendy, and Seri, that... You could, that that works. So I think it remains to be seen how far he's going to set his stall out. They've got a really interesting first test this weekend uh, against Wren, also a new manager uh, there. So it, I think it remains to be seen. Uh, do I see them as you know contending for Europe the way they did last season? Honestly, probably not. Um, but I think that I think that they they still have uh, the ability with these young players playing with a lot of confidence to give anybody a. Uh, interesting match uh, from week to week. Philip, they've obviously lost uh, someone you can't really replace in Hatem Banafa. How big of a miss will he be for them? I think it'll be huge. Uh, not only him, but they also did not get. Uh, they, they also lost Valère Germain, which uh, he fo- he formed a great uh, partnership with uh, with Benarfa. Um and uh, I think that will be the problem. Will be uh, getting uh, getting as many goals as uh, as last season. I don't see them continuing all that much. Um, but um, the this is this is uh, nothing compared to the other big problem. This is uh, is going to have, and that all depends if they do win um, the playoffs. Or I'm not quite sure if they are in the playoffs or directly in the group stage. So they've got six games. They've got six games to contend with that the other sides don't have, and uh, the um, the uh, president of uh, of Nice did um, state that he wants three or three or four more players to compete in Europe, and I just don't think the, the club is ready for that. Again, it's the ongoing debate of can a club go into Europe? Uh, do they have the budget? Do they have the squad? And right now, Nice don't have the uh, don't have the uh, don't have the squad. And I think it will be um, detrimental to their to their league form. They'll probably have a great second half of the season. Um, or as to what I mean, great. Probably not as good as last season, but fine. Um, but uh, I I really do believe that they will uh, have a lot of um, trouble emulating last season. There's also Jeremy Pierre who's left for Southampton, and he was quite good as well. He was quite he was quite uh, versatile. Yeah, and it'll be interesting, like we've mentioned, another new manager in Liga, and Lucian Favre, and, and he's someone I've... Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was just about to mention that I've mentioned on our preview show to, to Eric that he's one of my favourite managers in European football, and I think he'll not only bring that defensive solidity that maybe sometimes they missed, but although they were relatively good defensively, he will add a nice counter-attacking threat, although he might not be as attractive as they've been, but it's an interesting time for Nice, isn't it? And I think 
it's with so many good young players and and still interesting in that regard. It's uh, it'll be interesting to see how they they end up uh, going in the in the coming season. But uh, we'll we'll move on now to uh, Montpellier, who um, Philip have lost a number of players in the middle of the park and they struggled for a lot of last season, recovered but struggled towards the end of last season. Are you a little worried for them? Yeah, actually, yeah, because um, they just like um, last year, they did not um, they did not uh, spend a penny, and the amount of players that have left it's it's staggering really. You've got so uh, Bakar, Benzebeni, Cornet, Dabo, Deza, Martin, Ribella, Sotoka, Vusrich, Yatabari. That's a lot of players. That's a lot of players, and when you look at their squad, it really is extremely thin. I think it's a, it's a, it's a thinner squad of the, uh, of the 2020 league sides. Um, I, I really see them having pretty much the same, the same thing as last season, where they were in and around 17th place, 18th place, basically the relegation places. But then at the end of the season, they finished 12th, so they, so everybody will say, oh well, it wasn't so bad. But uh, more probably were among those sides that could have been sucked in that uh, bottom three, bottom three zone, and uh, I, I do see them struggling quite a bit. Even though Frederic Gantz is, is a is a good manager, due to having such a such a thin squad. And the thing is, I I see this happening, but I see uh, Nicolas, so the uh, Montpellier chairman, putting putting money on the table in January so that they can get players on loan and and. You know, uh, do uh, get out of uh, a potential rut. But uh, as it stands right now, yeah, Montpellier are, are probably uh, are probably destined for for struggle, and it really doesn't send the right message in terms of ambition from uh, Nicolas or the whole the whole club, basically. And it's it's interesting because I mentioned that they've lost two midfielders, and they're, and they're they're two relatively big ones in Brian Darbo and Jonas mm. Martin, both leaving for different clubs. How for money as well. Montpellier yeah. did sell because they they got seven million out of the two of them, and so you can you can understand that. But uh, you know, replace them. Uh, yeah, because it's left like a gaping hole in the middle Absolutely. of the park. Absolutely. I mean, they've got. I think they've got more forwards than midfielders. Yeah. I, which is you know I would ar- I would argue that I actually like uh, Montpellier's midfield. Uh, we have Jamal Saï, Elias Shkiri, Joris Marveau, Morgan Sanson, uh, Paul Lan. There's a lot of really impressive players for this Montpellier side, and I think that uh, if they're to operate maybe say in a four-three-one-two, uh, they mm. they don't have any European competition or cup competitions to worry about uh, at least until the the Coupe de la Ligue starts. Um, so they'll get a chance to work work out a system, I think, uh, that that'll that'll suit them. I mean, we saw Bordeaux play a similarly uh, impressive four three one two uh, two seasons ago. They kind of mm-hmm. given a free roll free roll to Wabi Kazri if they can do something similar with Thurad Budabu, who I think really improved as the season wore on last year. Um, we, and you've got Ninga and Berigo ahead of him, as well as Suleiman Kamara. I think that. Um, to give those three, to give the front, to give a front three run of the park, and to let the the three defensive midfielders uh, sit, uh, with Sanson joining in the attack on occasion, I think that Montpellier, uh, you know, again, they're they're like they are every year. They're selling players, but they always seem to uh, to be in the mix and to finish higher than one would expect. Um, for me, I think the questions might center around uh, how the team are going to function in defense. I mean, Hilton again is fantastic, but I mean he he. Turns 39 in, in a month's time. How how much longer can he keep up? 
Um, they've got some interesting young players. Nicolas St. Rue is coming back on loan. Uh, Daniel Congre is still at the club. William Remney was brought in last season. But I think defensively uh, is where I would be a little bit more worried for the team. Uh, to really to continue to rely on uh, the likes of Hilton and, and Congre, who, again, is 31. He's not exactly young. That, that to me, is a little bit more worrying than, uh, than midfielder attack. And if, if there's worries for you there and there's worries for us in attack, it, it's, so it's, it's always the quality of alarm it's, 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 more, it's more the depth, the squad depth. This is what I'm worried about. Mm. Actually, all the players you mentioned are, were there last season and had fine seasons. Uh, it's just uh, that, uh, uh, you know, it is 38 games, you've got two cups. I think they're going to need a bit more to be comfortable uh, this season. Even though they were not actually comfortable last season. Um, for most for most parts, being 16, 17. No, I mean, how many matches did it take them to even score? It was five or six at the start of the season. Yeah, uh, no, that's then... why. That's why. I mean, but but I I I'm quite confident that the club will do what is needed to be done in January if there is a problem. Yeah, because they've got experience in that. They're like the Coventry of Premiership, <laughs> if you will, or the Coventry of the 90s. Yeah, I was going to say not the Coventry now. I wouldn't imagine. No. <laughs> um, and let's switch gears really to a team that aren't going to be facing any relegation problems, and that's Monaco. Eric, we've seen them a few times already this season, having already gone in Europa League action. They've obviously had some interesting additions and the return of Falcao and Germain up front. Have they got enough to challenge PSG? I mean, I think we saw from the Trophée des Champions that PSG are really a force to be reckoned with this season. You know, they spanked Leon without four players who I, I would assume would start, that being Marquinhos, Thiago Silva, uh, Verratti, and Krakowiak. And, uh, you know, Monaco, I think, are have a good chance of challenging Leon for second, but <laughs> challenging for the title, I don't think so. Um, I think that Monaco have had a really impressive offseason. I think that they, they've, they've been aggressive in, in, buying, in buying players. They've brought two of arguably the uh, most attractive uh, young French fullbacks in uh, Benjamin Mendy from Marseille and Jibril Sidibe from Lille. Uh, they seem to uh, be growing in confidence through the friendlies in the, in the Champions League qualifiers that we've seen so far. Uh, Camille Glick from Torino. Uh, not cheap, but I, I think a necessary addition to this team. Uh, Jemerson's still developing, at centre-back, that is. Um, Andrea Raji, you know, has probably passed his best. The same with Ricardo Cavallo. Uh, but... Uh, between Glick, Jemerson, and Marcel Tisserand coming back from Toulouse on loan, uh, I think the defense uh, looks to be much improved. I think that um, two seasons ago when Juventus were getting to the Champions League quarterfinals, and uh, sorry, when Monaco were getting to the Champions League quarterfinals against uh, Juventus, the defense was something they could really rely upon. Uh, whereas last season, Monaco were not really that impressive defensively. I think that the, the management has really uh, been aggressive in terms of addressing this. I think that uh, they they look a lot more solid at the back. Um, I do worry about uh, central midfield. Uh, Fabinho and, and Bakayoko had, had had a pretty impressive match last week uh, again the home leg against Fenerbahce. But uh, there's been there's rumors still swirling that John Moutinho will be sold. He wasn't included uh, in the Champions League uh, qualifying squad uh, for against Fenerbahce. Uh, now you could argue okay that's because he's coming off the tournament with Portugal, but uh, it's important to note that Ricardo Cavallo was included, uh, and he had likewise played in the tournament as well. So I think there's, I think whether they can keep Fabinho and Moutinho will have a lot to do with that. Um, 
Shardim has, has adapted to a 4-4-2, uh, and having Falcao and Germain up front, Falcao is injured for the time being. Uh, he's got a lot of options still, though, to, to continue playing in that in that formation. Um, Guido Carrillo came on for Falcao. Not sure if he's the answer. Uh, the, the youngster, Corentin Jean, uh, Jean and Wagner Love are also options uh, if he wants to persist in that formation, but he can also go back to the 4-2-3-1 that he used last season. Um, Bernardo Silva is still shaking off some rust off after a long injury, but along with him there's Adama Traore, Thomas Lamar, uh, Kylian Mbappe, who had a fantastic 119 European Championship. I think I think we'd expect to see a little bit more of him. Um, so for me, I think you know Monaco, uh, even if they do end up selling uh, Moutinho and or Fabinho, uh, definitely have the tools to to be more more impressive defensively this season. Uh, and be equally equally as exciting going forward. I think uh, you know in Lamar, Mbappe, and Silva, they've got three of the most exciting creative players in the league. Um, and with that improved defensive solidity, honestly, at this point, I'm I'm probably would make them favorites for second over Lyon, um, given the exertions that Lyon are, are are likely to be making in the Champions League. Philip, what do you think about Monaco this season? I mean. Especially someone like like Falcao coming back, is it, it? Can he rediscover that form that we saw a couple of years ago, or do you think it's it's highly unlikely to see him reach those kind of levels again? Uh, also, ask uh, quite a few uh, quite a few Chelsea fans. I wasn't really impressed by this uh, performance in the first leg against Fenerbahce. He got to what well, he did. It was a good finish from uh, from a uh, quite a bit of a blooper from uh, from Squirtel. but. Um, I, I, I dare say that Monaco, Monaco season is going to be basically the same as uh, the one uh, that we just saw, uh, extremely solid at the back. And, and we, and uh, as Eric rightly said, the two uh, full-back acquisitions, so CDB on the right, Mendy on the left, are extremely good. And I, I thought they were they were quite good again against uh, Fenerbahce. Uh, I would I would actually expect more of Germain uh, this this season than, uh, than last than uh, Falcao actually in terms of creativity taking the ball forward and etc etc. So uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Germain actually scores more goals than Falcao this season. Eric, just very quickly on you briefly mentioned the the fullbacks they've brought in in the likes of Sidibe and Mondi from Marseille. Do they add an extra dimension that maybe they were missing creatively last season? Yeah, I, I think I think that you know, uh, particularly at right back, uh, we had the youngster Amami Torres impressed on occasion, but again, he's still just 20 years old and still is developing. I think that the chemistry that uh, City Bay and and Dirar are already showing in that 4-4-2 uh, means that uh, there's going to be a lot of ch- a lot of chance for City Bay to overlap and 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 cut inside and get the ball into the area with ease. Uh, Mendy, you know, prefers to prefers across the ball rather than to dribble with it, but I think that you know he'll have to he'll have to work a little bit harder than CD Bay will. I mean, CD Bay is two years older than Mendy. He's a much more established player. Mendy's a younger player and is very exciting getting forward, but still needs to, still needs some work on his positioning and and, and discipline and tackling. Um, but I think that you know that both of them represent upgrades on the whole, uh, as as opposed to what was on display at Monaco last season. And I think that I think that, that those two you know again a considerable outlay of money, but I think what Monaco need uh, to to press forward in Europe and to and to secure second spot in the league. 
Yeah, and it's really interesting looking at this team and, and how they've performed, like we've mentioned in the Europa League, and it's it's so difficult to judge. I think I think if the, if you give this team maybe a couple of a couple of weeks to get into a sort of rhythm, then then we might see the best of them. But it's oh, I can't. It's difficult to see anyone challenging PSG as you've already mentioned, Eric. But we'll move on to another team that has we've seen already this season as they've as they've managed to play in the Europa League, and that's Saint Etienne. Um, who've managed to get through to the next round. Uh, I'll come to you first, Eric. We've, we've mentioned that they've not made an enormous amount of additions this summer, and we've already briefly mentioned last year that uh, maybe it was the end of the line, really, for Christophe Galtier. Are they possibly stuck in a bit of a rut? I mean, you could make that argument, but let's face it, as long as you've got that defence with Ruffier, Perrin, Pogba, uh, Kevin Teofil, Catherine, uh Saint Etienne are always going to be hard to break down. They're always going to be a chippy opponent. Um, and and moving forward into midfield, uh, they, they retain Jeremy Clement, Fabien Lemoyne. Uh, only Ole Selnes has been given a, a pretty good run out so far in these Europa League matches. Uh, they've added Brian Dabo, who is injured at the time being. Uh, we're not sure exactly what the timetable is his return. But I think that the team have continued to invest. Uh, the a lot of the players they brought in over the last two seasons, I think, have been uh, really necessary additions. I'm thinking also of the likes of Usama Tanan, uh, Robert Barich, uh, uh, Alexander Soderlund. They've continued to to, to move forward and, and to give this give this team uh, more attacking flair, uh, while continuing to maintain that basis of, of defensive solidity that's been uh, the hallmark for Saint Etienne continuing to be in the upper reaches of the table under Christophe Galtier. Uh, has Galtier uh, reached, he reached his limit with this team? I don't think so. I think that uh, the acquisition in Dabo, for me, is probably uh, one of, if not the most important in Liga. I think that uh, the energy and drive that he, he can give from midfield, which they hadn't previously had. I mean, Vincent Pajot was perhaps the player who would come out of midfield with the ball at his feet most often last season, uh, but he's not nearly on the same tactical level as, as Dabo is. And if Saint-Étienne continue to persist with that 4-3-3, uh, with Dabo getting forward to join in the attack uh, with the ball at his feet, I think, I think you're really looking at, at a team that, again, will continue that defensive solidity, but can be a lot more dangerous going forward. Um, they've got a lot of interesting younger players coming through. Uh, Benjamin Karamokos, a, a centre-back who has played a, on a handful of times for the first team, but I think uh, with the sell of Mustafa Baye-Sal, can be looked at as, as potentially being included a little bit more. Um, Pierre-Yves Palma has been uh, the first-choice left-back. Again, a very defensively solid uh, player who, who's going to really really give a, a great platform for, for, uh, for the attack. Um, Romain Amuma, uh, Osama Tinan, uh, there's, there's a lot of in intriguing young players who continue to develop here. Uh, Jonathan Bamba is coming back on loan from Paris FC. Uh, Robert Barich, again, you know, a, a fantastic center forward who unfortunately had his season cut short by injury last year. I think you know, we've yet to see the best of him, uh, given that injury. His goal-scoring record certainly speaks for itself. I know that, you know, we're, I'm thinking of the likes of Philip Poisson are coming to Rennes, that uh, goal-scoring in other countries doesn't necessarily translate to success in Liga. It's, it's a very different league. Uh, but I, I think that, you know, Barrich has the, the class and the ability to, to lead that line and, and do really well. Uh, so I think that Saint-Étienne, you know, should Leon or Monaco stumble, this team, for me, uh, looks the best equipped to swoop in and get that third spot. 
Uh, right now, I make them probably favorites for fourth spot. Um, but again, a, you know, they've got a pretty interesting test this weekend against Bordeaux. But uh, I think that they've they've continued to buy smartly to buy to buy under these under the radar players uh, who are who are really phenomenal talents uh, who perhaps you know due 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 to playing for less lesser clubs of lesser visibility. I'm thinking the likes of Tanan and and Dabo in particular here uh, that. They don't perhaps have the reputation that's that's deserved. I mean, Brian Dabo had spent some time in in England uh, with uh, Blackburn, I believe, and didn't really impress there. But that was going back three or four seasons. Now he's 24. He's a he's a more mature player, and I think Tintin um, look a really complete side uh, heading into this weekend's first round of matches. Well, joining us now for a little bit of chat again with Santetier is GFFN's own Tom Scholes. Welcome to the show, Tom. Hello. Thank hey. you. Hey, Tom. Yeah, it's, good to, it's good to see you. Um, just to very quickly bookend this talk about Santetti, and what are your thoughts about them for the upcoming season? I completely agree with uh, what's just been said. I think they're certainly the favourites for the third spot if either Monaco or Leon were to slip up. But at this moment, fourth is their level. I think if they get Berich striking and him on form, there's... and and obviously other factors, of course, there's certainly no reason why they can't be challenging head-to-head with Monaco for that third spot, or assuming it's Monaco anyway. Uh, let's move on very quickly then to Toulouse, Tom, and, and they've lost a, a couple of key players, and the big one being Wissam Ben Yedde, who scored yeah. plenty of goals for them this, last season. Is Ola Toivonen a good enough replacement for him? I think it'll be a lot for him, for Toivonen to come in to replace the goals that Ben Yedder's brought to the team. I mean, losing such a key player before this season, it's going to affect anyone. Uh, the goals return he's given them, it's almost impossible to replicate. For Toivonen coming in, he offers something different. It might be a change in style for the team. If Ben Braithwaite was to stay at the club, Maybe he could push on. Maybe he could be the goal scorer for the future. I think Toivonen, I mean, he spent last season alone at Sunderland and he didn't really get a kick in. So to expect him to come in to replicate or replace what Ben Yedder's done is nigh on impossible. But of course, any time will tell what happens there. I think he'll certainly look to strike, strike up something with Braithwaite and maybe, as I said before, Braithwaite will be the one to get the goals rather than Toivonen, maybe that's how it goes this season. And it's 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 interesting to think that the, they obviously survived just on the skin of their teeth on the final day of last season, and there's not been an enormous amount of movement coming into the club, and a couple of plays that well, I've already mentioned uh, going out. Is Pascal Dupre enough on his own to try and motivate this team into submission so they can stay in Liga again? Well, we, we I think we've all seen that video of him. Talking to the talking to the squad, he certainly he's he's certainly no pushover. I think that's the best way to put it. Whether he can push them further than than just relegation scrap, maybe, possibly. But it's it's going to be tough for him. It's going to be tough because they've lost some key players. They haven't really brought in players that will replace them. Maybe that suits the, the, what they're going for, but at this moment it doesn't look like they're 
on course for anything other than a repeat of last season. And that it all depends how they start as well, um, because yeah. last season was was absolutely catastrophic under 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 Ari Bagé. I mean, they did beat Saint Etienne at the at the first um, on the first day, but then they went on a absolutely horrible horrible run, and it was uh, it was a disaster from here on end. And it only and it was only salvaged by this win, this great win at uh, at Angers. And I'm looking at the opening fixtures. First game at Marseille, second second game home to Bordeaux, the Garonne Derby, and third game at Saint-Étienne. That's not a very great start on paper, so we're, I think it will really depend what they do afterwards. Then they've got Bastia, Guingamp, Lille. Okay, they've got PSG, they'll probably lose that one. So I think, yeah, I think this is a, the first the first six games will really make or break their their season. But yeah. just like just like anyone, they they really need to get to get points on the table as fast as as they can. But my 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 opinion is that uh, Dupont, having Dupont for a full season is even better than having him uh, for uh, just uh, just a bit of a season, and uh, that uh, he'll probably yeah he'll probably see him safe. Yeah, they can hope. Yeah, he could motivate speak anyone into that position. I think <laughs> he taught last season. But thank you, Tom, for for joining us this evening. Um, you can follow him at Tom Scholes three sixteen. Uh, and we'll we'll move on to another the final of the promoted clubs, and that's Mets. And joining us to talk about that is French football writer Jeremy Smith. Welcome, Jeremy. Hi, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. It's good to have you on. So let's talk about your favourite club. Um, they've lost a couple of players. They've made some interesting Liga experienced players to their squad. Can they stay up? I think they can. I think it's going to be a struggle. And um, if you gave me 17th place right now, I'd take it. Um, I think that they've definitely got a better chance than they did a couple of years ago, and they've certainly got a better chance than with the squad that's great promotion last year. Um, so yeah, I'm feeling relatively positive. So the, the, like we've briefly mentioned, they've brought in some experienced players to their squad, like Jan Juf, uh, Merville Erdning as well, and Rag Coad coming into the squad. Is that enough for them? To really pull this squad that maybe scraped in by this scrape of their teeth at the end of the league at the season, it's I'd say it's not enough at the moment. Um, I think they've got a reasonably good starting eleven now, but a lot you know, especially since a few of the players they brought in are on the wrong side of thirty, and they've already had two or three um, injuries in pre-season. They need more than that. They need a bit of a, a bit of a squad, and I think they've got a relatively nice balance at the moment of older players and some really good young talents. But those young talents are sort of really green. They've got very little professional experience, let, let alone league experience. So I think they need a little bit more depth there because, like I said, two, three injuries, and and I think they're going to be struggling. Let's talk about some of the departures, obviously. There's players like Krivets and Santos, obviously, have left um, with their contracts ending, and Mbakoto leaving to QPR um, earlier this week. Uh, how much of a miss will those kind of players be who really did help them in their promotion bid? Uh, to be honest, I think probably the only one that's that's a real miss is, is Mbakoto. The others were Krivets was really disappointing. We had really high hopes for him. Um, when he first arrived, and for some reason it just never really worked out. 
and then the others, Santos, Rice, Palomino, I mean, they all had good moments, but they're all part of this, or Palomino not so much, but Rice, Santos, they're all part of this weird uh, sort of start to last season we had where it seemed like you had to be either Belgian or Portuguese to, to get close to the team. Um, so none of them will be massively missed, but Emba Koto is going to be a huge miss. He's kind of emblematic. He was, you know, he, he came from the youth team. He was one of the players that that we gave, you know, we had faith in to to get us out of the Nacional when we got relegated there, sort of four or five years ago. One of the players that sort of took us up two divisions in a row. And last year he was our top scorer and. I think maybe the top assister in the whole of Ligue 2. So, so he's a huge loss. Um, and yeah, we could do with replacing him somehow. Um, we've got some attacking talent there. But I'm thinking of more of Opa and Get and Ismail Assar rather than Erding, who I've never been entirely convinced about. But yeah, Ember Koto is going to be a miss. Yeah, I was really impressed by the starting get when he was back in Ligue 1 Valencia and I thought he was one of their better players and he resumed that in Ligue 2. It's a, it's a good solid signing that they needed but it's going into the season, is there any real worries about this, this season ahead? Is the, is the defence strong enough? Do you think the midfield can compete at this level? The midfield is the is the area that I'm I think most, most happy with. Um, Coads looked great in pre-season. Johan Jouffre is, I'm biased, I mean he's always been one of my favourite players ever. I'm just so happy he's wearing a vesture. Um, and yeah, like I said, we've got um, exciting players on the wings. We've got players like um, Dukure and Manjek who you know get stuck in in the middle. We brought in um, Mole from Crete, obviously they, they got relegated from Ligue 2 last year but he did impress and he's looked good in pre-season. Um, my concern is slightly going up front because I still think we need a clinical goal scorer and I don't think Erding is that. I like him, I think he's a decent forward, but I don't think he's, if you're relying on him to be the, um, the sort of main goal scorer for your team, I think that's a concern. Um, and then defensively, we've, um, it's a bit of a concern. We've, we've lost both our left backs to injury already, so we've got a right back filling in. And centre-back, we've only got basically two real starting centre-backs and, again, a couple of young kids. Um, so I think that's centre-back is the area that most of the fans are really desperate for, for someone to come in. Um, but, yeah, I think we'd, we're a couple of signings short of feeling a lot more comfortable. But as I said, I, even with the squad we've got, as long as we, we keep clear of injuries, I do think we've got a more than fighting chance of staying up. Yeah, especially with the number of teams that are struggling for players. That, thank you, Jeremy, for joining us this Pleasure. evening and, and giving us a preview on Mets. You can follow him at JeremySmith98. He's, he's always a great read. Thank you very much. Thank you. And we move on to another team that, again, is it's it's been interesting this summer for Gangon, Philip, with a couple of intriguing players and a, and a new manager. It, are they good enough to, to escape, stay well clear of relegation this season? Well, first, a managerial situation. Uh, so, uh, Jocelyn Gouvenek has left Gagan. He's gone to uh, Bordeaux, uh, which leaves which left the uh, managerial position vacant, and it was taken on by Antoine Comboy. Now, I love uh, Antoine Comboy from his um, from his uh, PSG pass, obviously. Uh, not much has been has been done. I think the only money uh, money. Uh, 
making deal with uh, selling uh, Jonas Lussel, uh, the goalkeeper, to uh, to Mainz, and you do you you do you do get a couple of quite astute moves. Uh, I reckon. I, I think. I think getting uh, getting Dido from from Toulouse is quite um, uh, intelligent. Getting Alexandre Mendy from from Nice as well. A couple of League Two players. A couple of players uh, from. Um, from even lower division, so um, Ashabar from Luson, also he was he was on uh, he was on loan, um, and um, basically not not a bad uh, not a bad window for for Guingamp. Most of the players, I mean, uh, won't uh, won't ring a bell to to, uh, to 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 many really, but it um, it does it does show the the ambition of the club that uh, Gagan had uh, basically last season the season that they wanted to have and uh, that uh, they'll do everything everything they can to basically keep doing keep doing the same thing uh, this is um, this is a quite uh, stable period for the club the club has been accustomed to mostly league 2 they actually spent uh, uh, one season in uh, 10 11 in uh, national and um, now it's going to be the fourth league league season which is uh, which is quite a big deal for uh, for such a small club back in back in the early 2000s they spent that, that was their maximum amount of season so let's hope let's hope it's not one too far and um, that uh, the signings they made um, as few and far between they have been, that have been, um, will be uh, enough to see them uh, to see them home and dry. Eric, I know you've mentioned as well a couple of young players at Gengom that you're excited about this season. Do you want to give a little preview of what what fans might expect? Yeah, I think that uh, Morgus Coco is a had a, a impressive, if if fitful season last year. Uh, he's generally used as a, a right winger, uh, a lot of pace, a very creative player. I think that he's He's definitely one to look forward to. Uh, and the other one I, I particularly mention is uh, is Ikoko coming in from PSG. He's a right back, obviously, with the situation there with Aurier, Mounier, Zabali, all still on the books, even if Zabali's at loan. At PSG, he found his uh, options limited, and I think that he he's probably an upgrade for me uh, over, over the likes of Martins Pereira, who played at that position last year. Uh, but I think top to bottom... Gangam for me are probably stronger than last year. I know that uh, losing Yunus Sankari was a Talia was you know somewhat of a big deal, but for me, I think he's the only player they're really going to miss. I think that uh, Jonas Lossel could be fantastic, could be poor, uh, but in Carl Johan Janssen, uh, a former Swedish international, uh, and Romain Salan, uh, who's been playing in in the Portuguese league, coming in, uh, that those look impressive. Uh, Sloan Privas has been signed centrally. As Philip mentioned, Etienne Dido. Uh, Luca Doe in midfield, I think, is a more than capable replacement for, uh, for Sankari. He's, his versatility allows him to play as a defensive midfielder uh, or as a center back. Um, I think you know, the Kambawari really has a chance to potentially get this club knocking at the, at the door to Europe. I think that um, you know, if Jimmy Briand can and Nico Benize can, can be the creative conduits that we saw last season. Um, there's certainly more than enough with those with those two and, and Coco going forward to to provide good service for the likes of, of Priva and Mendy. And, uh, you know, I would expect this team to play likely a 4-4-2, similar to what they, or a 4-4-1-1, similar to what they played last season. Uh, the personnel is there for that. And, uh, you know, Kambuari, I think, has always done well when, when given the chance. Really the only time that we saw him 
uh, you know, not quote unquote succeed was at PSG when he was dismissed. Uh, the winner, you know, despite having you know achieved the club's aims to that point in time, um, and I, I think now that he's back in Ligue 1, he's going to be hungry. Uh, pardon me to continue to to give these young players chances and to to develop. And the club have done very smart transfer business for me. Uh, you know, I think probably a somewhat unheralded window, as it were. But I think the position by the by position, they've in, they've improved this team. Um, and I think they look set to be, you know, seventh or eighth, just on the fringes of Europe. And maybe they could even push into sixth, um, were some of the teams above them to stumble. Oh, ambitious! <laughs> and and just moving on now to your club, Eric. And we couldn't really get anyone else to preview Leon. So <laughs> let's talk about their chance, their chances of potentially a title. Obviously, they've managed to for now keep Lacazette, and for now, Corentin Tolisso does remain at the club. If they keep those kind of players, can they challenge? You know, I I, I don't think so. I, I I just I don't think it. I don't think that. Um, I don't think they title challenges in the offing. I think that Leon have had a great off season. I think that bringing in the likes of Mamana and Nkulu to, to to settle up uh, the, the defensive situation, uh, you know, not I mean Nkulu is not an improvement on Ntiti. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm I'm disappointed to, to see him go, even if it is to one of the top clubs in the world. Uh, but yeah, on the whole, I. I I'm not as optimistic about Leon as, as, as some people might be. I think that uh, playing that suicidally high line on uh, Saturday evening against PSG in the in the Trophée des Champions, uh, you know, that needs to be rectified. If Genesio, you know, thinks that that's a, a way to operate, that they're, that they're going to be in a lot of trouble. We saw the likes of Montpellier, for example. Again, I know that was an, under uh, Hubert Fournier, uh, just really torched them with balls over the top. And they need to play a more conservative uh, defensive approach. I, I don't think, especially in the evidence uh, on show on Saturday night, that a Raphael should be the starter. I think that right back needs an upgrade. Um, I think there's a reason Manchester United let him go. I think yeah. that Jolly should be the starter for now, but that Leon should look aggressively, uh, maybe even in the winter window or in the last three weeks of the transfer window, for an upgrade at right back. Uh, I think that the midfield, you know. Looks looks strong enough going along. Toliso, Dardar, Ferry, uh, Olivier Kamen should get some more playing time this this season. He's a young player who's been really impressive that they signed from Newcastle last summer. Um, so there's enough there's enough there for for Leon to be comfortably one of the top three teams. Now, can they come second or third? I mean, that, I think I think that's going to be a really interesting battle. Uh, Leon and Monaco, I think, both had fairly strong off seasons. Uh, you know, not not really getting rid of a of, of a whole lot of players, but but ser- serving to strengthen the team position by position. Um, but again, for for Leon, a lot really centers around how well Nabil Fekir is going to fit into this four three three. If that's system that Genesio wants to persist with, um, Lacazette's got to be fit and ready to go. Uh, we saw we saw both Corne and Fekir take turns playing centrally on Saturday. Evening. It didn't really seem like it came off. So that to me, Lacazette's had injury issues, you know, maybe missing a handful of matches here, a handful of matches there over most of the last last few seasons, and that that to me is what's worrying. Uh, he what Genesio needs to do is figure out a system that works, that it can include Nabil Fekir. I know Lacazette gets the headlines for all the proposed transfer moves and the goals that he scored over the past few seasons, 
But, you know, Nabil Fekir for me is the most, well, I, I have a personal thing for Corentin Tolisso, so I won't get into it. But uh, for me, Nabil Fekir is the most exciting and creative player in this team. So what Genesio needs to do is figure out a system that, that privileges Fekir. Cutting in from the right, I, you know, I have, I have mixed feelings about that. Um, playing a more central option, verting to that diamond 4-4-2 that we saw, that we saw used uh, last season. Uh, perhaps that makes a little bit more sense. I mean, again, we need a, a creative player to, to function behind them. Plus that, that asks the question, where does that leave Maxwell Corne? Um, but I, I think that, especially given Leon have a, a fairly easy start to the season, uh, that Genesio shouldn't be ex afraid to experiment tactically with his team to get the best out of them. I mean, let's face it, Matthew Valbuena is still in the books here. He's an exciting player, or has been an exciting player. He's only 31. I don't think he's, quote-unquote, past it. I think he's got a lot to op offer, but I think the distractions of last season, uh, as well as his injury history, or his, his injury issues last year, uh, you know, I had slagged him off a couple times. I, I think that he should still be given a chance to, to do that. Rashid Gezal's situation is still up in the air. Uh, but... Just to really play around, to, to make this be a sandbox uh, in the beginning, beginning of the league, the first couple months at least. Focus on the Champions League, you know, again, pending a draw, get four points, get six points on the board, uh, so, so qualification or at least Europa League position can be ensured in the Champions League. But use the league to, to sort of figure out how this team's going to operate going forward. There's a lot, there's a lot, of, of, a lot of shifts and a lot of changes here. Um, and... If Leon get it right, they should be the clear favorites for second. But again, for me, there's just a, a lot of question marks around this team right now. Um, I was pretty also disappointed on Saturday evening with Sergei Darder. He doesn't really seem uh, to be willing to do the work that Jordan Ferry does, for example. I know Darder offers more going forward than does Ferry. But again, there's some worries in how central midfield is going to function. There's some worries in exactly how uh, the likes of Lacazette and Fekir can both fit into this 4-3-3. So... Um, for Leon, I think we really need to have, adopt a wait-and-see approach uh, going, into this, going into the first bit of the season and see, how, and see what things look like in, in, in six weeks' time, maybe say around the time of the second international break in October. Yeah, Are there going to be any, um, any other transfer dealings? I mean, the, uh, if, if nobody leaves, that is. Uh, there's rumors that Gazal could be sold. Same with Valbuena. Um, yeah. I do think they need to offload some, one of those attacking players if not, at least to give Aldo Kalulu, who I think was impressive when, when he was when he was played last season, a chance. Yeah. Uh, but I've not heard anything else centering around players being brought in. It seems like there's uh, t there's two players at every position um, in defense and and at, and at midfield. Um, you know, another another center back maybe. I mean, there, there's three right now in Kulu, Amana, and Yapmakuyanga and Biwa. Um, Morel can also play center back. Jale can as well in a pinch. So, yeah, I, I think that I think that maybe selling an attacking player would probably be the only only other thing that I would I would feel like Leon would do um, in the next little bit of time. Although I personally would like a second striker to come in. I don't know that uh, the club have the money at this point to add someone who would be a legitimate backup to Lacazette as, as a strictly as a as a number nine strictly speaking. And as a, and who would you rather sell, Gisela or Valbuena? Uh, I think Gazal would command a bigger fee, um, mm. but I would rather sell Valbuena. I think Gazal under under Genesio, it was 
incredibly impressive from where he was where he was 2000 or sorry in 2014-15. Yeah, an unbelievable improvement. Um, you know, still still doesn't make all the best choices for me, but uh, his ability with the ball at his feet has improved, and his his ability to drag players out of position uh, through those dribbling skills to draw fouls, um, I, I think is really impressive. Personally, I might even experiment with playing uh, Gazal, Fakir, and Lacazette as the first line and dropping Corne. I think that uh, th- th- to have both Fakir and Gazal without a, that sort of dribbling ability uh, is going to create a lot more space for Lacazette to run into. Um, that might be an option to think about as well. As impressive as Cornet was last season as well, I think that there might be something to be said for at least experimenting with that. Yeah, yeah but I, think, I mean, I don't give much future of uh, Valbuena at Lyon. For, I mean, for, for, for reasons of the, uh, of the sex tape, of, uh, of him not being a favorite with the fans, uh, of, the, well, of the fans of taking, taking side with Benzema because he's, uh, he is from, from the area and Valbuena will always be uh, that guy who, who played uh, for a very, very long while for, for Marseille. He didn't make the French squad. I mean, I, I honestly think he needs to move on. Yeah, it's, it's it's going to be an interesting time for Genesio this this year with the yeah. plenty of different options and different little. What will be what will do. be very interesting is can he juggle with two competitions because we he we saw him having a great second half of the season for Lyon but with the Champions League can he can he deliver that's going to be the big yeah. I think that the signings that Lyon have brought have brought in have addressed depth sufficiently mm. for me. I think I think that the tactically going forward is what, is what the issue is right now for me for yeah. Leon. Yeah, and for not a lot of money either. We just spent uh, seven million on Mamana. That's it. Yeah, and, and that's pretty astute. As long as they can get things clicking quickly, then then they'll certainly be an interesting team to watch. But we'll move on, and we have uh, now joining us for a couple of teams now is uh, Adam White of, of Football Radio. Welcome to the show, Adam. Hi there, mate. How's it going? Uh, very well, thank you. It's good to have you on. So we'll start with the team that you did a, a fantastic piece on the site for, which is not... They have René Girard coming in. Can they push on from what they did last season? I think for non, that would have to be their minimum expectation, bearing in mind the two previous seasons in the league and they finished 14th. And despite Michel Zakarian's uh, attempts to sort of have a more attacking style in the second season, what the president and the, the fans really wanted... Despite challenging for a lot of that last season, they were up in up in the top six, or top eight. Even had a, I think there was a good point where they played Bastia midweek, and if they'd won that game in hand, they would they could have gone into the top three or four. They ended up finishing 14th, and only four goals better off than they were the previous season. So there definitely needs to be some improvement because they've got a talented squad. They've got a really good midfield. Guillaume Gillet was fantastic since coming in from Anderlecht during the during the winter. Adrian Thomason's been great since starting from Evian. Creative, like nice little nippy sort of buzzes around. I'm a big fan of his. Um, signing Thomason from from Alborg in, in in Germany, who's in, in Denmark, sorry, who, who had a great season last year. Valentin Rongier coming back from that long injury, that knee injury that took kept him out of uh, most of last season, only 21. Really exciting player. But they've got talent, but I think they've got to be aiming for higher based on that talent, and that would be Gerard's Gerard's main aim. Um, as, I, as I mentioned on the preview show on Thursday before that, and, and in that piece as well, that the, the main issue over those two seasons, they finished. 14th that first season as a current in charge, but with the lowest scorers in Ligue 1, which is which is incredible when you think about Mets and and Lons at the, at the bottom of the table outscored them. So they really need to be scoring goals this season. And whether whether uh, Gerard can get the best out of Six Horsemen, who has been lumbering at best at times for for Nantes over the last the last few years, um, it's it's going to be it's going to uh, the last season. Sorry, and Mone Arsala, who's not the most prolific of strikers, 
I think that's their main issue. But I think they, they should be looking at top half at least. Yeah, and, and and talking about Sig Torsen, and you've just mentioned that he was probably lumbering at best. I think lamp post or or post box <laughs> might be the best um, description for him. He had, he scored a couple of goals in the European Championships somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. If they get him scoring, do you think this could be an interesting team to watch? Absolutely, I do. I, I think if if Sig Torsen hits form and manages to maintain his fitness for like an extended period, possibly even not the whole season, it's nice to see him in the team for sort of three or four months without having any injury issues and playing consistently. I think he's one of those players that needs games and needs to be 100% fit, otherwise he's not 100% in form. He, he needs that fitness and that, that rhythm, if you like, to, to get into that into the swing of things. And he did, never really got that last season. He was in and out, perhaps being rested for games in the Cup and perhaps getting a little niggly injuries. He's had little injuries that bother him over the course of his career. But if he gets that, that rhythm, then I think he, he could hit form. He's an experienced player who's been around, in, um, especially at Ajax, who's highly regarded. So I, I think... If the goals are going to come from somewhere at the moment. It looks like that that might be the, the best option that they get him in form and they get him playing. But that I mean, they may need to make some additions there. I'm not sure they can rely on Salah either. But um, I think if they get scoring goals, then yeah, I think they could be a really interesting team to watch. Are you a bit worried uh, that um, Girard is probably not doing right manager to get um, a side that finished with the lowest goal tally for two years running? Uh, he's not probably the right guy, right guy to well score goals. Yeah, it's not. He's not something he's renowned for open no. sort of play, is it? Which is which is why I was I was a little bit surprised at the at the appointment originally because uh, we, uh, Christian Gorkov was mentioned earlier on. But obviously, he's gone to Rennes, which is a great acquisition for Rennes. I and mean, obviously, he's had all those years at Lorient, in which he played expansive four-four-two, quite well well renowned for that sort of more attacking style. Gerard is not that that man, but I think there's other other aspects to his management style that will suit Nantes. Um, like he's worked with uh, the Le Bleu under underage underage teams, so there's people like Kofi Gigi and Valentin Rongier, as I mentioned, that he he would hope that he'd be able to nurture and get the best out of, and, and perhaps his his style might suit the sort of the mid, that midfield quartet that I previously mentioned. So I think he's an experienced coach as well, and I, I think that that's probably what the 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 Federico was was looking for when when he went looking for a manager, um, someone with league and experience. So I think it's perhaps in this league it's 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 quite important to. If you're going to look for like a top eight, top six finish, or top six is where they where they would aim for, that, that experience is going to is going to help. He's you know he's he's been there at Lille. They finished third the season before last. Got the major Champions League. Tailed off again in in the season after. But he he has been there. He has he has got teams into Champions League positions. So perhaps that's where they're thinking. But not renowned for his goal scoring. That's which is what their main issue. Is. No, Eric. This is uh, what I'm worried about. No. Yeah, and I thought I would mention just quickly as well on non-Terek that obviously Alejandro Baldoya has done the surprise move back to the MLS with Fidel- Philadelphia Union. Will he be any kind of miss for the for the side? Uh, you know, he had a pretty disappointing season last year for me. I, so I don't think that going forward he is. I think that, you know, under Jajakarian, he really, for me, progressed in terms of being a a player who can who can track back and work hard, but I think that also seems to take some of the creative edge off. And I, for a team that, again, as we, you both rightly mentioned, uh, Adam and Nathan, that this team needs more goals. I I, I do I don't think that uh, Bedoya is going to be that big of a loss. I think that uh, playing in the MLS is is he 28, 29 this year is something that that probably makes sense at this point in his career. All right, and we'll move on now to a team that have made some really exciting moves in, in Bordeaux. 
Adam. They've they've brought in players like Jeremy Menes and uh, Jeremy Toulolon as well, as well as adding Jocelyn Govanek in the uh, dugout as well. They look like they could be promising again this season, don't they? Yeah, I, I'm really excited about Bordeaux this season. But to be fair, I was quite excited about them them last year. I think they really they really struggled with with the Europa League. They could simply could not handle the, the schedule playing. I know we, it's a bit of a cliche to say Thursday, Sunday, because it's the same playing Wednesday, Saturday if you're in the Champions League. But given they're a young squad and a lot of their players have, didn't have European experience, you could you could tell it, it it tried on them a lot. They really did struggle with with playing away in Kazakhstan and and Russia, and it just didn't didn't run for them. Um, which is which is a shame, but I think the most important thing for them is that it looks like Adam Unas is going to stay, which uh, he's he's my possibly my favourite player in the, in the league for the second half of the season. I absolutely love watching him develop since coming to the side. Uh, he came off the bench at Lorient and scored scored that header. They lost three two, but he scored a great header for, for a diminutive character that was quite impressive. And I think Sanyal would have gone a lot earlier if it wasn't for some of his goals. Remember a volley against Troyes. Which, which won them the game later on. Perhaps if that hadn't gone that way, Sanyol would have gone a little bit earlier. And the most important for them this season isn't just the, the fitness that they're maintained from not being in Europe, but it's the injuries. They had so many injuries last season. I've never seen an injury list like it. They released a squad on, on, on Friday or Saturday, and it would have a list of 10, 12 players injured out. So it's, it's just whether they can maintain that first 11. I know they've made a lot of interesting signings. I think Toulon is brilliant. Uh, brilliant sign for them. Not not too much past his best 32. You'd expect him to still be very influential. He's looked great in preseason so far. I think that's a big upgrade on Clement Chanton, who I who I like. But um, you imagine Toulon will slot in there as a, a more sort of more well-rounded midfield performer. Um, Menez is really interesting, exciting to come back to France. I'm really looking forward to seeing how that's going to ve- develop with with Unas as well. Diego Roland, if, if he's given the central striker, I think he can score a lot of goals. I think when we saw at the end of the previous season when Diabate was out, he was great through the middle. Um, I would, uh, uh, so it could, they could be really exciting going forward. And uh, in terms of ability of the squad, you even look at the defence and Nicola Power was immense at times last season. Even when they didn't look great defensively, he still looked solid. And when Carasso comes back, they've got a really good spine to the team. So I, I have high hopes for them possibly this season if they can they can keep everybody uh, everybody fit. This also sounds a little bit like the talk we had last season, Philip, of, of <laughs> promise for for Bordeaux. Is it a little bit more of a of a conservative optimism with the with the moves they've made? Um, I think we were probably a bit uh, too too much used to Bordeaux being in the in those European places. When you look at uh, the their positioning over the last five or six seasons, it's always been between fifth, sixth, seventh, and so on and so forth. Last season was a European season, um, as Adam rightly said. All these are very long trips to Eastern Europe. And they finished uh, 11th, which uh, which is actually their worst their worst league finish in in 11 years. So now I I do I, I do believe that um, they've got um, quite a bit of uh, structural transfers going on. Uh, both Jeremy Sautrelon in front of the defence, or even at centre back, he can he can also play at centre back. He's done it before at Monaco, uh, and Minas, who can play basically anywhere uh, up front. That's a great uh, that's that really is. Um, a great um, two two really really good uh, good signings. I think there'll be a bit uh, a bit less pressure now. Uh, they'll just uh, just go around their things. And it's been it's been such a long time since uh, Bordeaux has a natural great um, season. And by great I mean finishing in the top four. So they haven't done that since since winning the league back in in uh, 08, 09. 
and I think you know probably work to their yeah to their advantage that uh, they've got uh, some some good experienced players coming in, and uh, that uh, um, they'll have um, they have they have the time to prepare for their games. That's uh, I think it's good news uh, good news all around. Eric, just very quickly on Jocelyn Govanek, who's finally got that move to a, a slightly bigger club with a bit more ambition. Is this a crucial? Yeah. <laughs> is, is this is this an exactly? This is an important season for him to show exactly how good of a manager it, he is, isn't it? Yeah, it's interesting because he hasn't really had the sort of array of younger players that that Bordeaux have, and he's relied. You know, he relied a lot of the time at, at uh, Gangamp on, on more experienced players. But I mean, in addition to the players we've mentioned, I mean, Malcolm, I think, you know, a very highly regarded young Brazilian looked really impressive. Francois Camano coming in from Bastia, there's there's a lot of really intriguing players, and that was what uh, really proved to be Sanyo's undoing last year, is to get the best out of these younger players. Uh, Gaetan Laborde is, is coming back from um, his loan with, with Claremont as well. There's there's a lot of potential here, and it, it really is going to take a special manager to get the best out of these younger players. <laughs> So, in a lot of ways for me, Gorvanek's a bit of a strange selection. Uh, he's certainly a pair of safe hands, as he showed during his time with Gangamp, and particularly their exploits in the Europa League, that he could he could get, uh, you know, a lightly regarded group of players to succeed. But, again, that was a veteran squad at Gangamp. Um, to put these younger players together, uh, the jury's still out. I, I'm not as optimistic about Bordeaux as, as some people might do. Again, Menez, Toulon, fantastic signings. Uh, Sabali is Lisa Sabali as well. But uh, yeah, I, I think this this team has some work to do, and and it's it starts this Saturday. Saint Etienne are, are going to be no pushover. No, and that's a really really intriguing game. Um, let's move on to Lorient now, and Adam, the big story really with them is the loss of Rafael Guerrero, who's moved to Borussia Dortmund. He had a fantastic couple of seasons there and, and an excellent European Championships as well. How big of a loss will he be? Um, I think he will be a big loss. I have, I, I, I'm less enthused about Rafael Guerrero than, than lots of people, having, having watched a lot of Lorient um, last season. I think he's a very technically gifted player. I think he's, he's fantastic on the ball. He's, he's great from sort of set pieces and great delivery. Um, a lot of stamina, he gets up and down that left wing fantastically well and can pick a pass. He's a very, very good player. But towards the end of last season, I felt that he didn't affect games as much as he might have in earlier that season or the previous season. That he, maybe he knew the move was coming, maybe he knew he was leaving at the end of the summer, but I, I felt that his influence waned to some extent. So, Although when you think about Lorient's season, they started better and, and trailed off. So perhaps there's a, there's a, perhaps there's a you know an equivalency there between how well they're playing and how well Guerrero is playing. He will definitely be a big miss, but and I think it'd be fantastic at Dortmund if he's going to play at left back if he gets ahead of Schmelzer in, in that team. But I think overall he will be a big miss, but it's very difficult to tell how much of a miss he'll be until he's not there. He's one of those players that you miss when he's not playing, perhaps, because um, he didn't stand out too much. And he was sort of moving to the left back position with Philip Otto and Jimmy Cabo and uh, Maxime Bartelme had some good games at the end of last season to sort of accommodate more sort of more natural wingers. So I think he's probably a better at left back. Um, so it's it's difficult to tell how 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 much they're missing, but he's a, definitely a very very good player. Yeah, and, and it's interesting to look at their squad and, and how they played last season, and and it was a lot of work from Maggi Waris and Benjamin Mukanjo to keep them scoring and ticking over. Can they expect the same kind of goals from them this upcoming season to keep them afloat? 
I, I have. I I think it's it's difficult to say. I think it's definitely Warris. I have faith in Warris Majid that he'll get if he starts every game he'll get double figures. I'd, I'd be pretty confident about that. But I, I've been one of Benjamin McAndrew's biggest detractors for quite a while. I think. He only scored twice, at least one of those for a penalty, after November last season. He got 13 in total, but a lot of them came in one that sort of early season burst. And for the rest of the season, Ike was in and out with injury as well and perhaps couldn't find the form that he he he, he wanted that he showed in that first half of the season. So he's not, he's not by no means all his loss, but I, I feel that he isn't the prolific striker that, that he may have appeared to be in the early part of the season. So whether they can get the goals as a pair that they did, which when you think about McAndrew's goals, they ended up finishing relatively low down. They weren't too far in terms of points off the bottom three at the end of the season. So perhaps McAndrew's early goals, early season goals, kept them up. And whether they're going to be whether they're going to be as evident this time around is, is quite a big question for me. I mean, I, I love Lauren. They're one of my favourite teams in, in France. And I, they're a really exciting, really interesting club with the, that 4-4-2 they play. Like the, I mentioned earlier with Gorka, they're an exciting team traditionally perhaps to watch in the last few years when Abubakar was there and things. But they're actually getting rid of their artificial pitch this season, which I think is a, a, a one of the one of the biggest mistakes they've made over the over the over the winter, as well as losing Grover, because it was it became like uh, a slight advantage um, at home on that on the artificial turf. And whether the, whether that all affects that their sort of home home record along with those goals from Vikanjo, I, I I fear for them to be honest. The transfer story of the season for Le Merlin <laughs> with, with the pitch coming up. Thank you, Adam, for joining us this evening. You no can follow him at FR Football Adam. He's a fantastic read, as always. Uh, we'll move on now to Con and Eric. They performed well above expectations last season for long periods. Can they do it again? Uh, you know, I'm a little bit nervous about Con this season. Um, I think that. Particularly with the likes of Julian Ferre and Nicolas Seub being another year older, uh, that central midfield is going to be a, a bit of a doubt. Uh, the Andy Delors situation is a huge cloud uh, over the club that his his not uh, having turned up for training. Uh, that needs to get sorted out. Uh, you know they did well enough to replace Ngolo Kanté uh, with Jonathan Delaplace, but. I don't know. I th I think for me that that Kong looked like probably one of my favorites for relegation. I have to say, um, they haven't really brought in a whole lot of players. Romain Genevois is the center back they brought in from Nice. Mohamedou Dabo from Troyes. Pape San was 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 brought in last year from Bo from uh, Bourg-en-Bresse. But I don't know if if the lore goes, I I think this team goes down. I think that Sané was. Uh, you know, impressive enough last season in League 2, but is he the same type of physical battling player that, that Delore is? No. And for me, it's just there's just a few too many question marks surrounding this team. Uh, you know, and de the defense isn't getting any older, or any younger, rather, I should say, Remy Verkut, uh, Aladin Yaya, you know, not exactly a young group of players there. Uh, so for me, if Batiste Garan keeps this team away from relegation, he'll have had an incredible season. I don't, I don't think we should look at Kahn as being, uh, you know, in the upper half of the table as they were for a large part of last season. Well, how do, do they go from being that good last season? Because they didn't lose anyone in particular, did they? No, I think, I, I think, we, think we should assume, I think we should assume Dolores is going. I don't, I don't think okay. see him taking the pitch for Kahn this season. I know we we say that transfers seem certain. I mean, Bafi Gomez for Lyon, it was certain he was leaving before 13-14, and he, he ended up staying. But 
uh, I don't know, the the ages of, of Sub and Ferre, I think, you know, who have been so important for this team over the past three or four years, uh, well, Ferre since arriving from Rennes, that was three years ago. Now, I, that that just leaves me too many questions. I mean, they've got some interesting young players. Jean-Victor Makengo is a France Youth International who's, who's pretty impressive, but... Um, yeah, I, I just I just have a lot of, a lot of issues with this team. Uh, Delore was such a key player for them, and and you know as impressive as Sané was last last year in league, uh, scoring a dozen goals in a league like league is impressive, but uh, he doesn't bring the same sort of wiliness and chippiness and energy that Delore does. And I just feel even if they get a good fee for Delore, say ten or twelve million, um, are they really? I, I, I believe he's worth it, but I, I think that, especially with the money that's floating around now, but you know, with the window starting to edge toward a close, I, I don't think that I, I don't think that Khan could real, realistically bring in a a player who could come close to replacing not only what he does in terms of goals, but what he does is being an outlet for that 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 four one four one that can't play. Yeah, it's it's frustrating, but I'm 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 going to back Con a little bit here because I think they've made some interesting permanent deals for loan signings that succeeded last season, like Ronnie Rodelan and Diomande from Saint Etienne. I think they were good moves. Bringing the experience of Steve Malbronk, that's a good move for me for that kind of club. He's I think he's ideal for them, and I I I, I think they'll still do okay. I I think there's still worse teams in this league than than Con, even if their law goes and. <laughs> well, I will say, if you're one of the teams that are looking to redesign your badge like many have in the last couple of seasons, get in touch with whoever Kong got to do this because it's absolutely fantastic. It's probably my favourite badge in, in the entire European football now. But oh, yeah, yeah. I, I love it. I do. <laughs> okay, so just just quickly on that, being being an American, okay, being from the states, it looks like a logo from professional American sports, and I really like the simplicity and the elegance. Of most teams in Europe's badges, Kong going against that it just it just breaks my heart. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's that's fair enough. That's from someone who probably enjoys the badges from American sports a little bit too much. Um, we'll, we'll move on um, to Lille now, and we have our final guest joining us this evening, and that's Peter Bowler. Hello, Peter. Good evening, gents. Yeah, it's good to have you on the show. And it, let's chat about Leo. We've we've seen them a few times and talked about them on the preview show. And and Buffal's injury, it's probably going to see him stay until January time now because he's not going to be fit for the start of the season. But how much of a blow is that for them? And the fact that at least for the main part, first part of the season they're going to be without him. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm not sure how much of a blow it is, and in a way. It's it's difficult really because Lille needed to make that sale. They need to get funds, and I I think probably a lot of the people at the club were kind of hoping that that suggested figure of around was it about 15, 16 million? I think a lot of people were hoping that that was going to go through, um, and a move would for, to Watford was going to be secured. But not having him in the team and not selling him is a real big problem. Um, he offers so much to that team. He really was the white knight for them last season. And it's very difficult without the funds, as I mentioned, uh, to see them possibly bringing in a replacement. Lille just seemed to lack so much without him, so much creativity, so much pace, so much attacking threat. It's really very worrying, and um, I'm sure we'll, we'll probably come on to, to speak about Lille in the uh, Europa League a little bit later, but... My goodness, they they really looked like they needed somebody like Buffal in those games. 
Well, yeah, we mentioned during those Europa League games that that Adair coming back might be enough of a of a lift, but it it didn't really work out that way. It seems in Azerbaijan. <laughs> Do they need more? They need more goal scoring threats, don't they? It, it look from mm-hmm. the looks of things. Yeah, I mean, not much did work out in Azerbaijan, did it? To be fair, um, Adair Adair's a difficult one, isn't he? Because it's really funny. I was talking to somebody earlier about the price tags on certain players after the Euros and how a lot of people see, still seem to have their kind of Euro-tinted glasses on. Um, everybody will unfortunately remember Adair for that quite fantastic goal, which I tried to not bring up, but I, I sort of couldn't help myself. Um, and I'm not sure a player of his style is really going to be enough for Lille this season. You know, He's a big hold-em-up striker, and I'm not sure that you can sustain a team with just that. Players like Adair, they, they really rely on other players doing the work for them, you know, making those runs off of them, creating the space. And unless Lille have players like Buffal who can make that space and, and, and create those chances, it's difficult to see where Lille's goals are going to come from. Yes, they've got Benzia, but you know, he's been he's been a he's been just potential for a long time now and really needs to step up. I did really like seeing the, the signing of Nicolas de Preville. I, I thought that was a really excellent signing, especially seeing as he can play as a centre-forward or can potentially play out wide. But still, I, I feel Lille probably need more going forward if they're going to push for Europe again, which I, I really don't think they will. Yeah, there's someone else on this panel that quite likes the de Preville mm, signing. There I, is. I yeah, I don't know who that might be. <laughs> <laughs> Philip, let's talk about the Europa League campaign for them. Is that a worrying sign for the upcoming season that they really struggled? No, I don't think so. Uh, Antonetti is typically the type of manager who uh, has his team playing uh, quite uh, solid football and um, actually excelling sometimes towards the end of the season. Um, not not really playing in uh, in the Champions League or anything, but uh, getting in the Europa League. I don't I don't really buy that uh, he he was uh, that mad at Lille ge- going going out of the competition. I think. Uh, I think they're quite uh, quite happy uh, to uh, to uh, to have their their midweeks off. Well, not having to play to play six games. Uh, six games. First of all, not having to play in the playoffs, and then not having to play all the all these uh, all these games of European football. Well, I really don't think uh, Lille would have done would have been quite good. So um, I'm not saying that they 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 got they they. Uh, got uh, knocked out on purpose but uh, that uh, in the long run it will be uh, a blessing in a blessing in disguise basically Eric do they have enough this season to really do it we know there's money issues obviously related to trying to sell Buffal but they need a little bit extra surely don't they I mean extra in terms of another another attacking player I mean sorry I'm not sure what the question is yeah yeah in a creative sense yeah um for me, no. I think that I think that adding De Preville, uh with Ronnie Lopez, and you know, I think that's enough. I think that I think that we've talked about this on the previous show a couple of times. They just need to look at readjusting these tactics. Uh, playing Ronnie Lopez wide on the wing is a waste of his talent. Um, playing this team in a four-two-three-one uh, to to bring to bring Lopez centrally and and to use uh, you know maybe the likes of Mendez on the wing. I think makes a lot more sense. Uh, if if you can you get this team playing in a way that that'll I'll, I'll get the best out of the attacking players they have, I think there's enough there. 
Um, will they be, you know, at the level they were last season? When Antonetti had the win, what, five, six in a row towards the back end of the season to qualify for Europe? Uh, I have my doubts about that, uh, but I think that... Uh, I think that I think that Lille aren't as dire as they showed over two legs against Kabbalah. It's going to be an interesting season for them again, and it, whether they can reach the heights that they did at the end of last season is it's looking weaker and weaker by the day goes past. But we'll we'll move on to the the final team of our preview, and that's Angers, who were super last season for long spells. Peter, can they push on from that? And it's a it's a mammoth task, surely, isn't it? It is, but you know what? I, I actually really do believe they can do it. Angers are my favourite team in Liga by a million miles. And the reason for that is that they don't don't get intimidated by the big teams. They don't get intimidated by the wages and the transfer fees that they come up against when they play against teams like Lyon and PSG. They just fight, and I love seeing that in the team. And funnily enough, I, I wrote an article for the website recently um, comparing them to Leicester City. Um, because in many ways, they hearken to that Premiership winning side in more ways than you might think. Not the, just the obvious thing about obviously a smaller team doing well in a in a league that maybe was financially too big for them, but they play similarly to Leicester as well. They control the midfield, they punish players uh, on the counter, they stay strong in defence, they're well organised, and I'd really love to see Angers do well this this season. Um, it's a funny one, isn't it, when we come off the back of talking about Lille and go into talking about Angers, because these are really two teams that are just drastically going in different directions. I think the way that Angers have spent money this summer in bringing in Jeju and bringing in uh, Toko Akambe, who are two obviously really promising uh, centre-forwards, really spells for, you know, sun on the horizon for Angers, whereas Lille, you know, gone are the days of Hazard and Moussa Sow and that title-winning side in 2011. I think it's important that we sit back and pay attention to Angers as well sometimes because teams like Angers are really important to Liga. I think it's been said before by you guys, I believe, but one of the criticisms that a lot of people have of Liga is that it is dominated by the bigger sides, especially PSG and when a small team can come straight out of Ligue 1 and punish teams and really make an impact, it has a knock-on effect. And it helps other teams who might be struggling, like Toulouse were last season for a long period of time, or like Lille even might this season. And I think we all have a vested interest, perhaps, in watching Angers and hoping them to do well. How important was it for them to keep Shaken Doy? Obviously, there was a lot of reports last January that teams were looking at him, and they've been quieter this summer. But he's still a big player for them, isn't he? Oh, uh, Doy is absolutely huge for Angers. I mean, I actually don't quite know how they've managed to keep hold of him, to be honest with you. Especially seeing as every decent player in Liga this season seems to have been linked with a move abroad or has seemingly gone abroad. Um, it's really is something of a miracle that they've managed to keep hold of him. You know, not only was uh, Shekendoy their top scorer last season with, I think, nine goals, but he also absolutely dominates their midfield. You know, he's a huge unit. He's someone who can go forward, score goals, you know, headers as well. I believe he scored quite a few from free kicks last season. 
but he also manages to organise and protect that back four really well, and, and that's really rare in a player these days. Sort of reminds me, in a way, of Yaya Torre, except I think Shaken Doi probably works a bit harder than Yaya Torre these days. <laughs> that's not difficult for anyone, I don't think. <laughs> but um, they did struggle occasionally for goals, really, especially towards the latter half of the season where they sort of dipped. Will Famid Dia do add some goals to them? I believe so, yeah. I mean, um, he'll be full of confidence, obviously, after that fantastic season in Ligue 1. You know, 24 goals in 52 games at Clermont, which is absolutely fantastic. And uh, the addition of Carl Toko Akambe as well, who scored 20 goals last season. Um, it, was it 20 goals last season or was it 20 goals in the last... I can't remember. He scored a lot of goals. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's, he's an excellent acquisition. And I think those were the two areas that uh, they really needed strengthening last January. And now that they've got them... They've got that excellent number nine. Uh, they've got a powerful attacker sort of slash winger in the Cambi. Really do wonder actually whether Angers are going to improve on last season and you know maybe just maybe sneak one of those Europa League places. I'd love to see them do it. And I'll tell you what now, if they do look like doing it on the last day of the season, I will buy an Angers shirt. I will buy a plane ticket and I will fly over for their last game of the season. I'm I'm going to I'm going to. I'm call planning on going as well, but. Uh... By train. <laughs> I was going to say the, the the difference might be by that. I I will hold you to that, Peter, and we'll keep make sure to keep a track of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep this recorded. Yes, thank you very much for joining us, Peter, for this evening. No and you thank can follow you. follow him on Twitter at pr underscore bowler. He's always an excellent read. And that does it for our previews, at least. But we do have a little bit left in the tank, and that's to do our predictions for the season. So. I'll start with you, Philip, and we're going to start with the top scorer. Who will grab the golden boot this season? Look at it. Nice and easy. <laughs> Is there yeah. a reason behind it? Um, I think uh, Fikir, basically, and uh, I don't really believe Cavani will go uh, or at the heights of uh, Zlatan. Um, not really a lot to choose from. From there on in, there will be a few players with uh, 10 to 15 goals where I reckon Lacazette will have 20 to 25. Eric, who do you have? Uh, I have to agree with Philip. Uh, Valerie Germain also crossed my mind. Uh, I think that playing this 4-4-2, he's going to get a lot of opportunities uh, if, he's, if he's given a, a freer role around a more stationary striker, whether that's Carrillo or, or Falcao. Uh, but yeah, Lacazette, you know, even with an injury hit and tr somewhat troubled, not injury hit, but a, a troubled season for Leon last year, he still managed to recover and score 20 goals. I think that his his talent's pretty undeniable. Yeah, and, and it's it's difficult to go against you two, but I will try and do something a little bit different. And I will go with the one you've just mentioned there, Eric, and that's Valerie Germain. Um, he had an I think that I see Germain Falcao scoring both 10 to 15, but probably not more. I, th I think he had an excellent season last season. I think he's probably in a, s a slightly better team in Monaco. I think he'll get more chances as well because I, I can't see Falcao remaining fit for the entire season. As oh. we've obviously he's going to possibly miss the first couple of games as well. So I think he, I think he might just sneak it. I think La I think Lacazette will score plenty. I fancy Fakir to grab quite a few as well. I think they might be quite exciting. I think that Cavani might score quite a few now, but I can't see him finishing top scorer, but I'm going to stick with my guns and, and go with Germain. Oh, Let, 
<laughs> Let, <laughs> if, if we can dream, can't we? I think it might even be Hatem Banafa if he plays like he did at the uh, at the weekend. Let's go for candidates for relegation. Then I'll start with you this time, Eric. Who are your three to go down? Nazi can't in Mets. All right, interesting ones. And and Philip. Mets will finish bottom. Lorient. And I would have to go with uh, not finishing 18s. Oh, we're having a bit more debate on this one. We're usually a bit more succinct. I think I think I will go for Mets as well. I, I think they've not. They've added some interesting players, but I think the other two promoted sides have possibly done a little bit better business. Just watch them finishing mid-table now. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it works, doesn't it? Yeah. I. I th- I think Toulouse are in great danger. I think the loss of Benyeda is so huge that he was dragging them at points through the last part of last season. They haven't replaced him with anything of quality. And I will go. I will go with Dijon. I think also they've probably not got enough to stay in the division. I think Nancy are probably a more interesting side. And I think there's a few there's a few teams that should be worried. Caen, Montpellier probably should be a little bit worried as well. But uh, I think those three will be the ones to go down. Uh, let's go on to most valuable player or best player. Um, I'll start with you, Philip. Who do you think will be the best player in the league next season? Pastore. And uh, is there a particular reason for that one? Um, given the given the new, uh, we didn't talk really all that much about taxes in the Trophée des Champions game. But if he does get this uh, 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 central role uh, as a second striker in a four-two-three-one system, I think he can really excel and uh, basically distribute the game, the uh, the ball to Di Maria, to Jesse Rodriguez, to Cavani as well. Uh, it, is, it is it is quite scary though, you know. When you when you have these you have these four playing against you, I mean, I, I would actually I actually pity all the other league outside. And I think he'll be he he'll he'll uh, fulfil this task with uh, with uh, great success. Eric, who are you going for? Uh, I'll go with Angel Di Maria for similar reasons to what Philip said, but. I think that the this new formation again, if you've got Krakowiak and Verratti sitting in front of the back four. Whoever are the front four, and, and I believe that they should persist uh, without Cavani. I think he should be sold, just as an aside. I'd debate on that for another day. Uh, but Next I, week. I, I think, I, I, yeah, I think that fluidity that that, that affords um, PSG. Di Maria was tremendous uh, at Real Madrid. His ability to switch flanks and and provide assists as well as score goals. I, I think that Di Maria, we're looking at a player who could easily get 15 goals and 15 assists this season. Uh, I'm not to mention his defensive work. I mean, you know, whatever flank he's on, he's going to allow whether it's Aurier uh, or whether it's Krizawa to get forward and, and join in that attack. I think that he's such a complete player, and you know, I think he could be additionally motivated by uh, the way that last season uh, drifted away in the Champions League for PSG, uh, as well as his his own personal travails with with Argentina, uh, having lost the Copa America final. Yeah, and it, it, I think I will complete this Paris Saint-Germain triplet by mentioning the man who we were so disappointed to see so little of last season, and that was Marco Verratti. I think he's a fabulous footballer. He's such a he, he's such a interesting player to watch, and he adds so much to this team when they need it. And I think if he can remain fit for the entire season, he's going to be that key that 
unlocks defences and, and allows those great attacking players that they have now to, to really express themselves. It is quite scary to realise that PSG got 96 points without, um, what's his name, Marco Virati playing for half a season. It's utterly frightening. Yeah. <laughs> it should put the fear of God in every single league out team next season if he's playing. Um, we'll finish with possibly one of the more easier ones to predict. Who will win the league? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Taking some pondering. PSG. Eric? Uh, PSG. Um, well, just, I mean, I, I think we're all probably in agreement on this. What, yeah. what do we think for, for Champions League and Europa League? For Meaning the, what, the how the French clubs will fare? Or no, no, I mean, for how for who will finish top six. Oh. I think Lyon. Uh, I think Lyon have got the right structure. I think... I've, to, to be honest, they, they did prepare for this Trophée Champion game quite well, uh, and I think the preparation was, uh, was was a success. It's um, it's very strange to say that now after a four-one defeat, um, and that uh, Monaco have uh, basically improved their defence, but uh, up front I still see them having more trouble uh, for them scoring than uh, than Lyon. And uh, that's uh, that's what's uh, the hard bit in in Liga. So I still no, I still have you for a second. I, I'm I'm going to go for the same top three in the same order. And, and uh, last season I can't really see anyone troubling the top three, unfortunately. No, and I have those same three as well. I think I think Monaco and and Lyon are still a little bit of a cut above those those other teams around them. In terms of possibly Europa League teams, I, I I'm going to predict. I think Ren might be better this season. Um, yeah, and I didn't comment. Uh, was it um, when um, when we talk about Saint Etienne? But I really don't think they'll be around. I really believe that they'll uh, they'll have some some kind of a of a tedious season. Saying, okay, we've we've done this. It's, we've done this yeah. uh, time and again, and it's not going to. Uh, it's just not. Uh, we're just not going to be up there this season. It's a, it's a difficult one. I think I think Bordeaux will be in and around, and if I'm going to pick a sixth, it's probably Saint Etienne. But they uh, they are they are a little bit of a worry for me. How, what would you go for, Eric? Uh, I think Saint Etienne fourth. Uh, like I said, I really love the acquisition in Dabo. Uh, Ren, I think under Gorkouf, probably have to be the favorites for fifth for me. Now uh, there's just so much attacking talent in that team and. The defense was always at least decent last year. Uh, for six, you know, I'm going to go with a little bit of an outside outside shot. I think Angers. Uh, I think that uh, the additions that they've made over the summer uh, show a real intent and statement of the club. They've refused to sell uh, their top players. The defense is going to be as solid as all as always. And uh, I think per, perhaps they could be a surprise entry into Europe next season. Yeah, and we'll think we'll end it there from the, the the long evening that we've had all night. My thanks to all of our guests that have joined us this evening, and and to everyone listening at home. Uh, get ready, hold on to your hats, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be another exciting campaign of League on Football coming up. Join us for our new preview show if you haven't already. That will be on Thursday evenings, hosted by our very own Eric Devine, and we shall see you here, right here, next week. A bientôt and goodbye.